The Jack of All Nerds is recorded by a live studio audience. Making your way in the world today. It's electroshock therapy time. <laughs> Wakanda forever and never to part. Wakanda forever, it's true. You puny rangers, make my monster grow! Whoa, Rita's a man? Welcome back to more cooking with Bane. Grilling is your ally. Now's not the time to sear. That comes later. You've been listening to the G Spot, where we play nothing but Kenny G classics for a two-hour block of time. Due to explicit content, listener discretion is advised. On with the show. Hello and welcome to the Jack of All Nerds podcast. I am the Jack of All Nerds, Michael Maxwell. Joining me, as always, Mr. Derek Murray. Hello, everyone. I don't know why I got weird with that. Uh, Mr. Saturday Night. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I have to like match that energy. I got <laughs> to make my entrance really powerful now. Uh, this is what happens when we go a couple weeks in, in between doing these. It I is. Forget, it, it is. I forget we're, how to we're gonna be a li- Yeah, we're a little rusty, a little... <laughs> Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us on today's episode. It's the Battle of the Bats, um, the men and, and the movies, yes. Yes. the bats, men and movies. Um, yes, we're going to we're going to do think that's how you I think that's how you pluralize it. I, I think that was correct. Bats, men. Yes. Yes. The bats, men. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what the protocol is for double plural, but yeah, I think. I think that is correct. Uh, yeah, so we're going to do the thing that uh, everyone else has already done this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah gonna, it's been a while, but yeah. Well, to to be fair, we're not going to discuss. Normally, we do like when any of the big comic book movies come out, we do a whole Jack of All Nerds episode discussing it. But we did a Cineblokes that was longer than a Jack of All Nerds episode discussing yeah. the Batman already, so it would be yeah. completely redundant. Whereas normally it's just mostly redundant. So, um, yes. Yes. yeah, so we're not doing that this time around, but uh, we, we do know that a lot of other people have also been giving their rankings with a new Batman movie coming out of their favorite Batman movies and their favorite Batsmen. So that's what we're doing. We're, we're doing that today. Um, yeah. But we've got a lot of stuff before we get to that. A lot of stuff in between. Yeah, we do. So let's just kick it off with crossing the streams, everybody. And that is where we each watch something on a streaming platform that we have not seen before. And then we give you a little review and a summation in case you want to check it out for yourself. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to defer to Derek to start this one off. Sure. Uh, So I am actually amazed that I was able to even watch something for crossing the streams this week. Um, Because I will obviously talk about it, but I have just been swamped with South by Southwest screenings Uh, and I could technically cheat and use any one of the many uh, TV pilots I watched, but uh, I'm not going to do that. I did actually watch something uh, and I watched Bad Vegan on Netflix. Uh, It's a it's a another one of those true crime documentaries. Nobody dies, but um, uh, yeah, so it's it's a it's about the 
uh, owner and operator of a uh, pure food and wine, which is like a vegan restaurant. And it started to become really, really popular and, uh, you know, had a bunch of stars, that, like actors and stuff that would come and like Alec Baldwin endorsed it. Uh, so it was like really, really on the up. And then she meets this guy uh, and they have this like whirlwind of a relationship where they just basically start embezzling the company. And he like fabricates this whole story about like, who she basically gets swindled. Um, but then there's like the documentary kind of does this thing where like, okay, but maybe she was in on it. Cause she kind of, she narrates her own story a little bit. Um, and they interview her a lot and she kind of runs you through it. And so it's, it's essentially like somebody being manipulated to the point that like they basically, he, they end up embezzling close to $2 million uh, out of this business and defrauding investors um wow. and yeah it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting story it's pretty wild um it's very much akin to some of the other true crime things that have come out recently with like the puppet master or uh uh the tinder swindler uh there's just i, I don't know what it is about <laughs> about netflix but whenever they want to do something they can't just do like one documentary of it and then move on to a different type of crime. They got to do all of them, like every <laughs> possible crime within that. Like, so they'll have like nine documentaries that are all about embezzlement and manipulation and gaslighting, like and just one after the other. And you're just like, okay, guys, let's, let's split this up a little bit. Um, but it is really interesting. I it's, you know, it's one of those, like, I think the, I think this one does a good job because they, the, the girl's name is Swarma, of course. Of course, vegans are weird, um, but she uh, she she gets to tell a lot of it from her own perspective um, because the case has already been closed. Like she's already served her time, and so um, you know she's able to like kind of describe all the events as they happened, and like so it's not just a bunch of other people telling you what happened to them. Um, you really get to see her give her side of the story. Now, whether you believe it or not, that's up to you. But um, right. that does make it really interesting. It makes it a little bit more intriguing. Um, so it's all, and it's really short too, because it's, it's only, I want to say it's only like four episodes um, mm -hmm. that are, you know, the, the typical 45 to an hour, um, which is a pretty strong uh, foot forward for Netflix because they have a tendency to just drag shit out. Like when they do their originals, even in documentaries where they just like, there's always like one or two episodes that just don't need to be there. Um, so the the nice lean trim four episode arc, uh, I think actually serves this one really well. And I think they're able to kind of get as much of the story as they possibly can out um, without overdoing it. So um, I would give it, uh, it's not the best one I've seen, but it is really good. So I would give it like a 3.5 out of five. Okay. That's fair. It's a little, little slightly above average. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I did not watch a, a crime documentary. Um, what? I know. So it's so weird. So it's, so weird for you. <laughs> I know. It's going completely against character here. Uh, <laughs> uh, I watched a, a Ryan Reynolds movie, um, which, you know, again, completely opposite of what I would normally do. Yeah, um, not, not even. I mean, you'd expect it from me. Yeah, right. But you come on. Uh, I watched The Atom Project on Netflix, and uh, this is starring Ryan Reynolds, and it is directed by Sean. I don't know if you pronounce this, is it Levy or Levy? Um, I but I, he, I've, always, I've done it both ways. <laughs> oh, you, you've heard it both ways? <laughs> I have heard it both ways, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, now, Sean is uh, this man has been directing for years, like years since like the mid 90s. I mean, he's directed mm-hmm. episodes of The Secret World of Alex Mack, Animorphs, so weird. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Way back <laughs> that when. Is- Oh boy, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah, uh, but he also <laughs> heard those secrets in a while. But I'm also going to throw some names out there that you're going to be like, "Oh, I did not realize that." Um, Night at the Museum. Uh, I, two I did and, know two that. and three. Uh-huh. Two, yeah, he didn't. I don't think he directed the first one, but I can't. That doesn't look like it. Uh, Real Steel. Yes, was directed by yes, him. I, yep. Yeah. Uh, the internship and uh, most notably criminally underrated comedy, by the way, criminally yeah. underrated comedy. That movie yeah, is was, so damn funny. That was a fun repairing of, of those two actors. I thought it really was. Know? And I feel like this is a total sidetrack, but I feel like they've been trying to like recapture the wedding crashers magic for uh-huh. those two. And it just has not worked. And I feel like the internship is, is about as close as you're going to get. Uh, to kind of recapturing it. And it's much better than I think it was received. But anyways. Yeah. Well, I think because I think everybody was expecting wedding crashers and then it's like, no, this is a, this is a new thing. Just enjoy these two men yeah. for what they do together. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. And the supporting <laughs> cast is great too. So that, that helps a lot also. Yeah. Uh, but of course he's I'm most not a Dylan O'Brien fan and it's like my favorite, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing he's done so far. Uh, but Sean is most most known for recently directing Ryan Reynolds in Free Guy, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently will be soon directing him again in Deadpool three. That's yeah, that's right. I did hear that announcement. Uh, apparently, Tim Burton has found his Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got to find his Helen Bonham Carter, and then yeah. that's it. We just get the Tim Burton resurgence and Sean Levy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm happy that these two found each other but, uh, because they they've been putting out some good shit. I will say that uh, the Adam Project. Is basically without giving anything too much away. It's it's basically the movie Time Cop, but with more comedy and better acting. And, <laughs> and I don't mean that. I don't mean that as a diss. I love Time Cop, so uh, <laughs> this is. <laughs> but this is is great. It's um, it, one thing that I feel, and I don't know. I know you've brought it up before. I don't know how seriously you take it, um, but I know that you feel that Ryan Reynolds has uh, a particular style, right? Ever since Deadpool, he's kind of been doing the same thing in everything. I I would actually even argue that he, even before Deadpool, he just has a very distinct uh, comedic approach to most of his roles. Um, I I don't know that he's as limited as, say, you know, The Rock, uh but um yeah he does he does kind of have that one speed and one speed only most of the time yeah um and while i i do see that he you know it's when somebody puts him in a movie they want they want that ryan reynolds quipping um Mm -hmm. but i i feel like a lot of his stuff is more varied than just that i for me it, it really was uh kind of once deadpool hit hit the scene it was like oh let's let's go full speed forward with that um but this and and i feel like the trailer for this made it seem like it was going to be 
more of that, like more like free guy again, but it's not, yeah. it's really not. Yeah. You get to see some really good acting from him in this. Um, yeah. Not, not to say that you it's bad in other things, but I just mean like, there's more, there's more range in the performance in this particular yeah. piece. And I mean, like you, you even kind of got some of that from free guy too. So uh, maybe this director just knows how to, tweak things just right for the right formula but he's really good in this and actually the whole mm -hmm. cast is great it, like people i didn't even know were going to be in this we're in this um you had uh zoe saldana is in this mark ruffalo uh jennifer garner and what's weird is that i'm pretty sure jennifer garner and mark ruffalo played a romantic couple in was it 17 going it was 13 going on 30 i think was the name of the movie with they, her no or uh yeah jennifer garner right yeah 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 they did they did yeah that's 13 going on because he's like he's like the the best friend mm -hmm. and then at the end he turns out to be the the love interest sort of a thing so mm -hmm. interestingly yeah. enough they play a married couple in this <laughs> in this movie <laughs> So I thought I thought that was really weird and interesting, but yeah, yeah. super solid cast. Um, yeah, it's a movie featuring time travel, um, you know, and, and they haven't shied away from that in the marketing for it. You have um, Ryan Reynolds encountering a younger version of himself. Uh, the actor that plays young Ryan Reynolds, I feel like they did a great job at getting someone who could quip on the the same level of Ryan Reynolds. Like you, you see this kid developing into adult Ryan Reynolds. So they did a really yeah. good job there, but uh, yeah, I, I can't really say much else without spoiling anything. So I won't. Um, but I just, I thought this was really, really good. Uh, like I said, you okay. get some really solid performances out of a lot of people. Um, I, my, my eyes got moist at one point in this, Okay. So, yeah, right. yeah they, they they hit the right strings, and there's some some decent special effects and some some decent action as well. Like it's a, just a good, interesting little sci-fi comedy drama. Like I don't know. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, I've, I've heard too. It it's got that. Um, it's got a real kind of like throwback vibe where you feel like this should have been released in 2001. Um, like it, it kind of like, and that's not again. That does, I'm not insulting it by any means. It's very much like a. Oh yeah, remember when we used to make these movies like all the fucking time? <laughs> yeah. I was getting when it first started, I was getting like um ET or like Flight of the Navigator vibes. Mm, okay. Yeah. That kind of a thing where it's like a, a young kid going on an adventure, like a sci-fi adventure. Like that's right. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I, I feel like they really and I think uh, I think that makes sense because I want to say that Mr. Levy has uh, done some stuff with um, Stranger Things. I feel like he was involved with Stranger Things in some way. So okay. I feel like nostalgia yeah. maybe is a thing for him. Like, it's, yeah, it's, he but. really does. I feel like he does have a good knack in kind of creating that comedic drama throwback kind of adventure story. Like, sure, it might not all be like, but, you know, massive hits, but like you see that craftsmanship in free guy and mm -hmm. you know, I think it gets repeated in a lot of stuff. Like real steel is better than it ever should be. Like there's no reason that movie is as good as it is. Uh, and I think, I think Levy really has an eye for that kind of like kid adventure and kind of a sci-fi world. So uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if, if you were on the fence about it, I would definitely check it out. I mean, it's on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, it's free to watch. So 
Oh, well, it's nice. not free to watch. It's now, what is it? 15, 16, 18, $25 oh, a month. I don't even know. I, I just stopped I, counting. I was like, bro, just charge me for cable at this point. Fuck you. Whatever. Yeah, I just got the notification <laughs> the other back when I, yeah. when I logged into, to watch this, it was like, I got a pop-up that was like, Hey, uh, we're charging you more now. And I was like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I, I unfortunately have to be on the premium tier because I, I need to be able to watch it on more than two devices. Uh, and so they, yeah, they got me, they got me. I'm fucked. I'm paying $20 a month now for fucking Netflix. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, (laughs) so ridiculous. Goddamn price gougers. Just end this positive review on a sour note. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And anyways, go see the Adams project. It's lovely. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm giving it a 4.5 out of five. I really, really, I I had a great time with this. I thought it was really good. Okay. That's awesome. So, I, I'm gonna put it. It's been on my list. Like I, I have really, I have a list that keeps. I think I sent it to you, and I even after I had sent it to you when we were talking back and forth about the show, uh, there were like three movies I totally forgot to send you. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we get on to some current events? Yes. All right. Now you had you had a couple of weird ones, <laughs> so. Yeah, there's there's a lot of weird stuff going on, guys. <laughs> uh, which which weird one do you want me to start with first? Uh, let's let's start with this AMC one because I. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. So um, apparently, everybody's favorite GameStop uh, short squeeze uh, studio, uh, AMC Theaters, uh, has decided to uh, purchase a mining company in nevada like a like a literal gold mine not not (laughs) not metaphorically i mean they bought a literal gold mine in the deserts of nevada um the mining company is called highcroft uh and they the amc just bought 22 percent of this company um for the sole purpose of mining gold and silver for profit it's basically an investment uh, to to kind of stay afloat since the movies aren't doing it for them. Yeah. Well, when you're losing as much money as you are on AMC Stubbs premiere, I guess. Um... <laughs> yeah. That's, I, look, when you got to when you got to shell out all that money to have uh, Nicole Kidman walk around and talk about how great your fucking theater is. Um, yeah. 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 I, I can imagine why you have to buy a gold mine uh, for, for that. <laughs> There's no way that was cheap. Well, what's funny is that Look, I I understand the idea of like making a movie an experience, right? Like, mm-hmm. like luxury seats that recline and all this stuff. But the problem is you you keep doing these things, which I mean, that has got to cost a small fortune in itself to renovate the theaters. But oh, then sure, then you're going to raise ticket prices on top of that. And we know that you don't make money on ticket prices. So that's already like, to me, that's a negative. I, I understand yeah. you have to do it to cover the cost that you just threw at the theater, but you're making your money on concessions. So why yeah. not just keep your fucking theaters dumpy and <laughs> charge less yeah. to get more butts in the seats and then just make it up on your concessions? Like that's. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's such a weird, the, the state of movement. Like I know that theaters have kind of started to come back, but I do feel like the pandemic has just changed so much of how we experience movies and 
the ease with which those movies are able to be viewed in other places at home on streaming. Uh, it just, I, I said this very, very early in, on in the pandemic and I stand by it. Uh, movie going and just regular theater movie going is probably going to be a thing of the past. And most movies are going to be events not like regular releases. You're going to get more of that video on demand. You know, they're still going to have that 45 day window. They still need kind of that theater stuff, but like you're really, and, and we kind of are starting to see that where like most movies don't make money until you have something like the Batman or you have something like no way home. And there are these big giant massive events and then nothing, nobody goes in the movies after that. They just wait for the next gigantic release uh, because in the interim, Movies like The Adams Project and Turning Red and Encanto and all these movies just go straight to streaming. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I get why they're buying a gold mine. I <laughs> I get it. It feels it feels so much like a Bond villain tactic, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> like it just you know, like like they're making movies to like distract the masses from buying up gold mines so that they can start owning the world. Like it just it seems like this global diabolical plan. <laughs> it, I mean, it makes sense when you think about it because then they can broadcast their hidden messages via their their movies <laughs> that's what that amc commercial is that's what it is you, you think it's nicole kidman talking about movies and bam you're hypnotized and now you know you go buy gold from highcroft mining they just they don't realize the folly of their plan because no one's going to the movies so, <laughs> <laughs> so the commercial's just screening for no one <laughs> why isn't this working no, where's oh, Mr. Bond? Uh, he's not showing up because apparently we're not actually impacting the world in any way. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. All right. So that, yeah. That's, a, that's a fun little tidbit for you guys. All right. And then uh, what was your other one that was sort of. I don't think anything was as weird as AMC buying a gold mine. <laughs> no, that, that one was definitely the weird one. Um, the next one would be uh, the, so apparently there was a same sex kiss in Lightyear uh, and it was uh, removed by Disney. And then following the fallout from their whole, like, don't say gay bill and the terrible, terrible apology twice. Uh, <laughs> um the, uh, the CEO actually ended up coming up under more fire uh, because the all the Disney employees that were working on the film uh, did a walkout uh, unless that scene was restored and he caved. And so they have now restored a same sex kiss scene in Lightyear uh, that, that is is upcoming. So, yeah, big, big power moves from the from the makers. That's. um, Yeah. <laughs> wow um yeah that it's just one of those things is like i the you, disney looks like shit regardless like even if they backpedal yeah and put it back in you still look like assholes like at this point yeah, you no, might as well no, just stuck to your do. guns and, and yeah. look, <laughs> just, because like all this like oh well we you know beauty and the beast has an openly gay character in it and you're like no like uh, yeah. you're just you're just trying to placate people even though you as a company are still like ooh gayness yeah. 
Like, like, did you? So, did you? Did you get a chance to actually hear his first apology? No, no. Oh my god, dude! It was everything good, you huh? just said. Every yeah, everything <laughs> you just said about placating people and like backpedaling, but not actually changing anything. This <laughs> motherfucker gets on this call because he'd come under so much fire uh, for this "don't say gay" thing, and he straight up was like, "Oh no, guys, look, we made Black Panther," and like listed a bunch of other movies that have like diversity and he was like he was like those movies mean more than any of our political donations and we everybody was like no they do not like not at all making black panther does not override the fact that you gave three hundred thousand dollars to every single florida republican that supports this don't say gay bill like get bent bro that's not how that works yeah yeah it's just so that that's why he backpedaled so hard like they he put he, they stopped uh don't they stopped donations they halt donations to the bill they halt donations to uh political affiliates and then because of, like all these people from pixar did a walks out marvel studios was like nope fuck you guys so all their big conglomerate studios that make them all the money everybody that worked there was like you're not going to be able to make marvel movies or pixar movies if you don't fucking correct this uh and so that's why he had to like backtrack so hard and now he still looks like a twat <clears throat> yeah because i mean sure it's a win for the movie itself but like yeah it just it just really makes disney look like a bunch of cunts like uh, yeah it's, yeah yep you know and yeah, yeah it's, it's just well i'm we're sorry no we're we're really into that but you're not you're just <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you're not yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they're I've all I've long maintained that as much as Disney produces great stuff, they are hands down one of the shadiest, worst businesses on the face of the earth. Like you do not own 40 percent of the global media market without being complete assholes. Like there's no other way to do it. Like, yeah, yeah well, Disney I is mean, horrible with their practices. They're they're awful. Oh, yeah. For no, for sure. For sure. And the, the fact that. It's it's one of those things too where it's like I I get where the the foundations of the company were like to Walt was trying to put out a certain aesthetic with the company. It's not necessarily how Walt felt, right? Like he, yeah, you know what right. I mean? Like he just wanted to entertain people, and so yeah. you you have this wholesome thing because he was trying to appeal to families to get them to come to the fucking parks and spend money and watch their movies and stuff like that and so yeah sure that that was fine back then but like you have to grow with the times and so you like what what does someone's sexual preference have anything to do with something not being wholesome because it's included you know what i mean like you yeah right such a stupid and ignorant way of thinking about things like, oh, yeah. these two guys like each other. Oh, that's not wholesome. Get out of our, it's yeah. like, shut up. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and Disney also, especially in regards to this, like they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth because they have tried to pretend that they're this massive supporter of the LGBTQ community. Like they're not, they're not doing a good job. <laughs> but, they, but they, but every time shit like this comes out, it's like, oh yeah, that's literally just to save face. Like you're, yep. You are literally exploiting the community that you're saying that you support because you're doing all this shit. You're supporting bills that hold them down. You're removing things that demonstrate that you're supporting it in your own movies. Like, 
yep. yeah just yeah it's it's bullshit so yeah and also it's not like disney has has a completely clean track record too i mean no that's of, the of thing like not. and they're and there's like tr- rather than just embrace the history of the company it is like a, this tendency to try to sweep everything under the rug like with um What's that? Uh, what's the movie that that can't be released anywhere because oh, of, of how racist South. it is? Yeah, Song of the South, and yeah. it's like, and, and like they're just yeah. like pretending like no, that never happened. But it's like, but it did happen. Yeah, yeah. but but it did. It did. there. Uh, John Oliver did, was was talking about it, and he was listing all the things that they still had uh, that they had like only slightly changed, and like. You know, the, there was the Dumbo crows that were clearly racist. There's the the Siamese cats in Aristocrats, <laughs> which is clearly racist. Uh, and then he even, he even mentioned like they had a wench auction in Pirates of the Caribbean until 2018. Like, guys, you're not no. perfect. Like, you got shady shit going on all the time from the beginning all the way to now. Like, come on. I mean, look to be to be fair to to Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, they're lucky that that was just a wench auction and not the rotating scene of women being raped by pirates. Like, that's... <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like, like, to yeah, to their credit, that's, but Disney turned yeah. pirates into a fun thing, not not yeah. what it actually was. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Because I, it's funny because I remember. Uh, going on the ride as an adult uh, and I, I just remember watching it and I was like so they come into town they auction off the women then they rape the women and then they literally burn it to the fucking ground like this is a kid's <laughs> ride what the fuck is going on <laughs> it never connected with me as a child and then like once I got older and I rode the ride I was like I would never want a child to ride this yeah. thing. This is haunting. <laughs> but a pirate's life is a wonderful life, Derek. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Rape and pillage. <laughs> it's the best. It's definitely the life for me. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, uh, speaking of uh, of things and, and people that uh, hate gays and, and the trans community, um Hogwarts Legacy. That uh. <laughs> is that is a, actually a really solid transition. Uh, I admittedly, you started in on it, and I was like, "Wait, what does this have where, to do?" Where's with he going? Events? Where's he going <laughs> <Yeah>. with this? <laughs> yeah. I don't have the wheel. I don't know where he's going. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But it was a, it was a perfect turn. Perfect turn. A plus. Well done. Yeah. Well, well done. Old, old JK. Yeah. Old just kidding, Rowling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Like that's that should be a thing because every time she tweets out weird shit that gets everyone yeah. against her, she should just be like, just kidding. Um yeah, yeah. But no. yeah, so she's apparently a terrible human being, but um, and I know that a lot of people have been like trying not to support her stuff, which yeah. which sucks because there's so many people that love Harry Potter and and the world and all that stuff and and all the things that come along with it. But then you right. you have the creator of this who has definitely said some questionable things in recent years. And so now a lot of people are like trying to boycott those things, even though they love those things. Yeah. It's a very weird place to be in for fans of the of the books and the movies and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. there is a video game coming out uh, at the end of this year called Hogwarts Legacy. 
And like, uh, while I would love to throw my hat in the arena and boycott, I mean, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan to begin with. So it's generally not a difficult thing for me, but holy shit, they released the state of play for this <laughs> thing. And it looks amazing. Um, I, I don't know how I'm going to not spend money on this game. Cause it looks, uh, like everything I've ever wanted in a game. I mean, it's basically, yeah. it's a, a open world sort of RPG, but set in Hogwarts. You're a student at Hogwarts in like the 1800s and it's got magical combat. It's got, you know, all this different stuff and you can just go and explore everywhere that you are familiar with from the books and movies. And it like, it looks, if it's anywhere close to how it looks, it's going to be a good time. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, <clears throat> I, you know, I really do. I, I want to support the, the, the community as much as I can. I, I legit, not in a Disney way, like in an actual way. Uh, so um, for me, it, it is, it is rather challenging because I am such a huge fan of Harry Potter and uh, that whole wizarding world. Um, but I find J.K. Rowling to be basically the scum of the earth. And I think she is a horrible, horrible human being. Uh, and I think she continues uh, to make sure that everybody knows that she's a horrible human being as often and as much as she possibly can. Uh, so it, it is, I do have a lot of conflict in me uh, when it comes to supporting things. And I, I try not to support anything new um, and just kind of write out the movies and, you know, that's fine. But yeah. this game, uh, I... I I'm sorry. I have to like, well, the way I, I'm it, looking it at does, it, like, yeah, the way I'm looking at it is that like, yes, I know at the end of the day, she makes money off of the sale of this game, but also right. they're all the developers that put their hard, you know, their, their time and effort into making this game. I, I have to support, I'm a gamer. I have to support the developers as well. And like, they're clearly fans of the of the right. genre and everything and they've put a lot a lot of time and effort into making this game and so like i'm looking at it as like i'm supporting them not her right. even though yeah. yeah yes i do understand that by buying the game i'm still supporting her but like i'm just trying to i guess justify it in in a sense yeah but no like, i get it <laughs> yeah no I, I i totally get that um I yeah I, I and I'm the same way I but this game man I oh my god this this is straight up everything I could have ever wanted uh from uh from a Harry Potter game like it it just looks absolutely phenomenal the gameplay looks like so much fun because isn't that what we've always wanted we've always wanted to run around the wizarding world blasting off spells like you're a fucking jedi and you know fighting <laughs> things like how, yeah. Why was that so hard? I've wanted that for years. Like, like it's all I've ever wanted, and finally, someone was like, "We got you," because um, that's exactly what you do, and it looks fucking awesome. Like I, oh god, I can't wait for this. I'm absolutely yeah, the, buying this game. The animations for the spell combat look really, really good. Yeah, they look really sharp. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm no, this this looks just absolutely amazing. I I am so pumped. I didn't even know about it. You had to tell me about it. I had no idea. Yeah, it's been it's so weird because I know the game has been in development for a very long time now. And I I had heard things about it, but like it's been kind of hush hush on like, you know, showing things about it. And mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, this last week they released 
a bunch of uh, videos and stuff um, for state of the state of play. And uh, I was like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, how are you, how did you keep this a secret for so long? Um, yeah. Right. Especially in a world where things get released early all the time. Like, yeah. Yeah. But this is supposed to be released uh, like end of year. So like around the holiday okay. season. So uh, yep. yeah. And hopefully it releases as good as it looks. Cause we, you and I both know uh, a lot of games these days, <laughs> they, look, they look great and then they release and they're shit because yeah they yeah. just didn't test it properly or whatever but because <laughs> they release half a game <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah which um which actually leads me to my next topic um which is a game that released that looked gorgeous and released gorgeous and that mm-hmm. is uh elden ring so i'm gonna give a just a real quick Real quick review of Elden Ring because I am, um, I'm like 175 hours into this game. I <laughs> I have lost more sleep since the release of this game. Like it's it's insane. Um, so if you're like Mike, what is the Elden Ring? I don't actually know, but <laughs> <laughs> not off to a good start, Mike. Not not off to a good start in selling this. <laughs> So here's the thing. Uh, this game is from the makers of the Souls series of games. So Dark Souls. Um, and while I am not a fan of Dark Souls, I played the first one, I think. And I don't even think I finished it. I think I got like halfway through it and I was just like, this is not for me. Um, and so I, when I first saw the trailers for Elden Ring, I was like, this game looks amazing. And then I found out that it was from those people. And I was like, maybe, maybe I don't want this. Um, but yeah. then I just kept, I kept seeing more and more videos about it and like seeing the gameplay. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to, cause mm-hmm. it, it's this, whereas like the dark souls is sort of, there are areas of the game where you can just kind of wander into and be killed mm-hmm. instantly because you shouldn't be there yet but it's still more linear in the, where you're supposed to go. This right. is just a massive open world and you can go wherever the hell you want. Now, given there are still sections where you will get obliterated instantly because things are, are more difficult, but it just, because of the openness of it, it just gives you more options mm-hmm. available. And it's by no means any less difficult than any other souls game. You can still like I no matter how powerful I get and feel, I still walk into every dungeon ass clenched, knowing that around the corner <laughs> there could be something that just kills me in one hit. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's how the game is. But it's it's far less frustrating than a regular Souls game because in this, like if you encounter something and it's too difficult to get past. You know, the, the old adage of like, well, you just get good. Like, that's, you know, that, yeah. that's where that comes from. This, you don't have to get good. I mean, you kind of do, but you can go away. You, you don't have to go deal with whatever that thing is right then. You can fuck off, go level up, go get some better gear, mm-hmm. come back and try again later. Whereas mm-hmm. in, in the old Souls games, that really wasn't an option. Like you could, you could like level up a little bit, but you still basically just had to get good um to get past it like memorize everything and and know the patterns and so this is still sort of like that but it just gives you more options to where you there's i think there's less frustration in the game because yeah 
you can try to fight something. And if it's just unbeatable after a couple of attempts, you can be like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to take a step back. There is so much more world for me to go explore. Maybe I'll find some better gear, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I think it's a lot of fun where the game lacks. And I don't really remember if it was like this in previous souls games, but I think from researching it, that it was the storyline is like almost non-existent in this. Mm. I mean, there is a story and there is a world and that world has a background backstory and history and there's NPCs and stuff, but the game just kind of drops you in without much explanation of anything. And it's like, you're supposed Mm. to go, you're, you know, um, you're part of this cast of people who are destined to become the Elden Lord. But like, what does that, what does that mean? What is, why, what I don't, (laughs) I don't know. And it's one of these games where you literally have to go and track down every NPC and talk to every NPC and exhaust all their conversations to even start to get an idea of what the fuck is going on. And I'm going to, I'm going to be real with you. I'm like I said, uh, I'm, I'm 170 some hours into this game given with multiple characters. It's not just one character that I've done for that long. I think my longest playthrough with one character is about 70 hours, but like, even with that character, I still don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, I don't know why I'm doing (laughs) what I'm doing. I don't, I don't even fully know where I'm going. I just know, like, (laughs) I know there's bosses and that I got to kill them. And they're part of <laughs> they're part of the process of becoming the Elden Lord, whatever that is. So I, I nice. but in in a sense, it's almost freeing because like I'm not bound by the story. I in fact right. I just enjoy wandering around the game, killing shit and and finding new gear and finding new mechanics and you know leveling up, trying out different builds and stuff like that. It's it's very addicting in yeah. that sense. Um, but yeah, okay. it doesn't play like any game I've played recently. And mm. when I saw the trailers for this game, I was like, this thing looks gorgeous. There's no way this is going to be for it's, it's got to be next gen only. But they released it yeah. on both. And while there is some like drop in stuff that happens with the game and like it does lag occasionally when there's too many things on screen. For the most part, the game runs fine. I, I know some people playing it on next gens and on PC had some uh, some issues with like some stuttering and stuff like that. I'm sure I've encountered it, but I don't have like the eye for it. Like I just, as long as the game is playing the to way to where I'm not getting killed from like a freeze, uh, freeze right. frame or something <laughs> like that, then I'm fine. Yeah. Um, but considering how many games I've played recently that have been AAA titles that have launched in a state of shit, mm-hmm. this I haven't had any issues. So. Good, good job, guys. Like, yeah, that, that's that it shouldn't be, but that is a surprisingly bold thing to say. <laughs> we shouldn't be congratulating you on releasing a game, yeah, yeah, as a game. Yeah, that's complete, yeah, as a game, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, no, that should not be something that we can compliment you on, nor should it be something that separates you from the goddamn gaming world. <laughs> but, but it does, so congratulations, yeah, I know. <laughs> So everybody else get your shit together. Um, Drop the ball on this legacy shit. <clears throat> yeah, so uh yeah. I'm giving it a, a positive review. I think uh, I think it's a lot of fun even if you are not into Souls games, which again I am not. 
I, I've been having a, a ton of fun with this game. It's highly addictive and it's, it is yeah. massive. When I tell you this fucking game world is massive. Mm-hmm. Think of the biggest game world you've ever explored in any game. And then like, okay. uh, like times that by like 10 or something. It's Jesus. It's, it is <laughs> stupid big. And there's like, the, these games don't hold your hand. Like there's no, mm. there are these uh, save points that kind of give you like a trail that points in a direction that you should be going for the story. But like, yeah. that's it. That, that when you take on a side quest, it's not like there's a ping that shows you where to go. Like you may start a side quest and not complete that side quest ever, or, or you might not oh, complete wow. it until well into another area of the game, just because you finally discovered what connected back to it. The game does not hold your hand in any way. And wow. so it really is. It's just like, if you enjoy exploring, and mm-hmm. finding little hidden shit like you're you're definitely going to love the game it does have an online element that i don't care for um mm-hmm. basically if you play the game in the online mode um you will see messages that can be left by other players in your game world and it can be helpful and it can be a hindrance like sure most people are cool and they'll be like hey there's a thing over here in the message the messages are usually pretty limited in what they can say but they can at least get the idea across um so it might point you in the direction of something that you might otherwise miss but then there's also a lot of assholes that are like hey there's a secret over here and it's just you jumping to your death you know what i mean like there's (laughs) there's you can never trust them you can never trust them yeah exactly uh so there's (laughs) there's that and then there's another thing too where like when when you're playing online you you'll see phantoms of other players in their own games that appear like Mm. almost like a ghost and i hate that because in a game where seeing a creature move at you and being able to react in a timely fashion might be the the difference between life and death and so when you see a fucking ghost of another player in the same dungeon as you and you fucking freak out or if you react to that when the monster was off to the other side that can fuck you up real hard right and i hate it uh and then also there's a function a feature where players can invade your game in certain dungeons and try to kill you and take your shit i guess or your experience and yeah you can all and then you can summon other players in to help you in those instances i'm not into pvp so that's not for me um yeah but if you're into that sort of thing it is a function you can play the game offline which is what i do so i don't have to deal with any of that shit but yeah i'm i'm very much against the the online play even if it's something unique and different i just i don't care for pvp pvp in any any sense unless it's yeah. like uh unless it's like a first person shooter that has a campaign story mode and then you can jump on with like friends and play as a group like that kind of stuff is fine but like this online only shit it's gotta go like it just yeah. has to so it's well, good that you can turn it off i, I think that's yeah good. yeah I, I i appreciate that they give you that option because that's what i do i just I turn it off and I don't have to deal with it. So yeah. 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 Cool. Yep. So I do recommend. Sweet. All right. Uh, And then last thing in current events, uh, this I'm kicking it over to, to Derek uh, because South by Southwest was, was it last week? At least last weekend. Uh, Yeah. I think actually today is like the last day of the festival. Um, Mm -hmm. Everything's been screened. So they're just kind of doing like repeats. Um, But yeah. Yeah, so it started Friday on the 11th, and it goes clear through until today, I think. And uh, and the reason I'm kicking it over to field reporter Derek Murray is because I yes. don't think you made this announcement 
Uh, I don't think you had this announcement to make uh, when we did the last episode, but uh, yeah, I did not. let everyone know. <laughs> yeah, so I actually got accepted to uh, cover South by Southwest. Uh, I could have gone in person if I had uh, the, the means and the time uh, to be able to do that, but I, I was not able to. So they did open it up to being uh, virtual as well. Um, and so, yeah, I got accepted uh, through NerdBot uh, to be what, their reviewer for, uh, for the films that got screened. Um, I unfortunately, because I wasn't there in Austin, um, I didn't get to see any of the uh, headliners. So like <clears throat> the ones I really wanted to see, like X and um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, The Unbearable Weight of Enormous Talent with with Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage, which is just my whole heart. Like, uh, oh, my God, uh, please, please give me more. Um, <laughs> so uh, but so I didn't get to see any of the ones that were like considered headliners. Uh, and kind of like the bigger releases, um, but everything else uh, was basically up for grabs. Um, so I think they had something like a hundred plus movies that you could screen, um, not even including the headliners. Those are just the ones that were available. And it's a combination of shorts, documentaries and films. Um, so it's pretty varied. Um, I uh, managed to get through 40 uh, no shorts, all films, uh, all films and documentaries or TV pilots. I, I got to watch a lot of TV pilots as well. Um, but even those are like, most of them were two episodes back to back. None of them were less than an hour. So, you know, you're still basically watching a movie, uh, because that's what TV is now. Um, so, so yeah, while, it was, uh, <laughs> so while I was living Elden Ring, you were living movies because <laughs> that's a dude, lot of fucking I, movies. I and I did it in about five or six days. So I Jesus. was literally I it I don't even know how I'm still alive to be honest. Uh, I uh, I would literally wake up around six thirty seven because you so a lot of them you had to RSVP for. So uh, you'd have to like RSVP for the film, and then when it got released, you could you could watch it. But then you only had a forty eight hour window to watch it, and then because I was doing it at the start of the festival. All every day, the cycle of movies would change. So it would just add on a whole new group of films that you can RSVP for or that you've already RSVP for. So it wasn't like you could just, you know, RSVP for a bunch of movies and then watch them at your leisure. Like there was clearly a time limit. And if you didn't get to all these, you're going to have 15 movies that show up tomorrow that all restart that time limit for them. So I would wake up at seven. 637 and i would basically start my first film at seven and go clear through uh until probably midnight um and it was literally just like as soon as it was done i would go back to the menu select the next one play it as soon as it was done go back to the menu, like just one after the other after the other after the other like i basically only got up to go to the bathroom and eat w- once in a while uh so i i was basically <laughs> I'm imagining you like in the shower on a on a phone, like watching a movie while you're showering. Like, just... I, look, I'm I am not even gonna lie. When I had to poop, I just took my laptop with me uh, and just <laughs> just set it just set it up on the counter, and I was like, nothing is slowing this train down. I have too many movies to get through. <laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, it was very intense. So I, I was averaging uh, about I was averaging about eight screenings a day. Um, and you know, you figure each movie is about 90 minutes or more, 90 minutes to two hours. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it was, it was an all day event, 
Uh, and I think people think that like, oh, so all you did was lie around and watch movies. And it's like, yeah, you don't understand how fucking exhausting that was. Uh, and it wasn't even, yes, it was pleasure. And I really, really enjoyed it. But I'm also like actively taking notes as I'm watching all of these things. Uh, and I'm watching them, like critiquing them at, in real time, because I'm going to have to go back and do like full reviews of them as they all come out. Um, so it was a lot of work. Um, but there were just a, there were a lot of really, really great movies, um, a lot of terrific documentaries coming out. So I think the two that I really liked uh, just overall, as far as categories, um, would, would really be the featured films and uh, the the documentaries. Some of the documentaries were just uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, there were a few like two that I really wasn't interested in and they ended up being like uh, some of my favorites. Um, there's a Cheryl Crow one. Uh, and I'm not necessarily like a diehard Cheryl Crow fan. I could take her a lever. Um, but this documentary is just fucking fantastic. It's just so well done. It doesn't like break new ground or anything, but like, it's just so good. Like I started it. I think I started it as like one of the latter films um, in the nighttime thinking like, oh, okay, I'll just kind of like half watch this. And I ended up staying up and watching the whole thing. Did the same thing with uh, Tony Hawk. So uh, there's another one, uh, Tony Hawk, Until the Wheels Fall Off. I'm not a skater. I don't really give a shit about the skating world um, and even <laughs> less about Tony Hawk as a person. Like, I just, I don't care. Um, yeah. And I I just, within 30 minutes, man, I was completely invested and I watched the entire thing. Like, it's just, the, wow. so there were a lot of ones like that. There were a lot of really good movies like that. Um, there's some batshit crazy movies uh, coming out for sure. Um, but it was good. Cause there was a lot of like, there's drama, there's comedy, there's foreign, there was, um, uh, horror, there was horror comedy, there were documentaries. Like it, it, it was a really varied, uh, kind of watch. Um, and yeah, there, there were, there were some days where I stacked them wrong because I didn't realize like how intense they would be. And I just like went through this gamut of emotion where I was like, okay, I need to, that, that was the only time I had to take a break because uh, I think there was one day where I, I watched like three of the most intense movies in any kind of emotion that you could possibly have, like back to back to back accidentally, because you don't really know what a lot of these movies are about or what they're going to be like. Yeah, you can read the synopsis, but a lot of them don't really tell you that that's going to happen. Um, and yeah, there was one day where I did like three in a row and I was just like, okay, I'm going to actually leave the house. <laughs> like I went to the store to just like grab a drink because I just needed sunlight and I needed to like recharge my mind because I was fucking mentally and emotionally drained watching those three back to back. But there's some great films coming out. The ones that won the awards, I think are definitely deserve it. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited to kind of go back through and start writing reviews. I've already kind of done it for some of them because some of the... Um, some of them have like really quick turnarounds, like a lot of the uh, television shows that screened, most of them were being released uh, at that week. So there were like four or five of them that I got to screen a little early, but they were all coming out that same week. So I had to like watch them and then review them as quickly as possible. But yeah, there's some really good stuff coming out. All right. Cool. Um, and of course, uh, you guys can check those out on uh, NerdBot once they once they release. Yeah. So. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, it is time for the main event. The Batsmen and movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. what do you so what do you want to rate first? You want to rank the movies first or the the Batsmen? Um, I'm fine with either. I'm fine with either. I got both lists, so All right. Let's yeah. you know what? Let's let's go we'll go through the movies first and then uh and then we'll we'll rate the the Batsmen after. 
Okay. So, uh, all right. So here's here's what's up, everybody. Um, because there's there's going to be detractors. I know it. Yeah. But <laughs> here's here's what we're going with. So we're going with theatrically released Batman films, um, and we are we are leaving out. And I, I know those of you diehard Zack Snyder fans out there, um, or Joss <laughs> Whedon fans for that matter, uh, we're leaving out Justice League, the theatrical re- release, uh, but we're also leaving out the Snyder Cut of Justice mm. League. And the reason for our logic there is, yes, there is a Batman in the movie, but it's not a Batman movie. That's So that's our logic yeah. behind why we're leaving that one out. Um, we are keeping in... Batman v Superman because I mean Batman is in the title uh, it's yeah. you know and you could even argue that maybe that's not a Batman film but it, the the main focus is Batman and Superman so uh, I think I think it qualifies but yeah. um so we are leaving out the Justice League so so sad uh would have been probably on the bottom we wouldn't have been covering the Zack Snyder one anyway because it's not it's it wasn't theatrically released so we would have been we right. would have been covering the <laughs> yeah. shitty uh Zack Snyder Joss Whedon theatrical cut which I think would have been on the bottom <laughs> yeah. of both of our lists anyway so yeah when I when I did my list for Nerdbot and I included them all Justice League was already pretty low like I, it didn't crack the top 10 that's for damn sure so mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, I can tell you out of the picks we're leaving out yeah we we left out the Lego Batman right oh right shit we did didn't we yeah you wanna, you well wanna, yeah, and the only reason in? I asked is because yeah, because we we included another one. Yes, um, I completely. I, yeah, you know what? I just spaced it. That's all. I just completely forgot. Um, so we we'll, we will include that. It was theatrically released. So uh, now I gotta. I I, gotta, I know where to place. I gotta I switch some some numbers around here. <laughs> yeah, luckily I've already done this, so uh, it's it was it was pretty easy to. Oh, I just had to delete the ones that weren't that we weren't qualifying, and that was it. So, um, okay, so that yeah, those are the, those are the ground rules, and then we'll get to the uh, the Batman. I guess we gotta we gotta put Will Arnett in the Batman list then too. Oh fuck! Yeah, you're right. Okay, hold on. Let me let me do that as well. Let me figure out where I want him. And here I thought we had a plan when we came into this. Everybody, I know, guys. We see this is what happens when we go too long. We, we gotta, we gotta stop doing other stuff and just do this show again. <laughs> I mean, it was that was my fault. I just didn't even, for whatever reason, Lego Batman, which is a great movie, by the way. I just no, it is for whatever it reason, is. just fucking a- <laughs> completely spaced it. Uh, and to be fair, yeah. as of this morning, we weren't including anything animated. We were just doing yeah, live action. Right. And then I was like, yeah. "Hey, we should add in Mask of the Phantasm." And Derek was like, "Yes." And then we were like, perfect. <laughs> this plan couldn't go horribly wrong while we're recording, could it? <laughs> so here we oh, are. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad I've already done this because that, that definitely helps. <laughs> Just gotta readjust some things. Okay. All right, I'm good to go. You're good? Okay. Um yeah, I'm 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 mostly good. I'll I'll be good because I'm like that's that's Lego Batman is pretty good. 
it's gonna be pretty high on yeah the list, I, I, I genuinely enjoy it i i know it gets some flack for being a little too uh incessant with its comedy and some people don't think it all lands all the time but i i very much enjoyed it so yeah that's uh, uh i feel okay with where i've placed it okay yeah. um yeah so let's let's get this party started so we've got 12 movies let's start with our number 12s and again everyone this is look uh you can you can try to be subjective uh but you you know you're you there's no such thing um these so obviously we're giving our opinions yeah. <laughs> on these movies and and i look i will when we get to each movie i'll explain why i feel the way i do about where i've placed it and i feel like some of these are better made films that are maybe listed lower or higher because of just how i felt about the movie so yeah uh, if that no, offends that's, you that's totally fair then yeah. get a life uh all right so. <laughs> you tell them <laughs> all right number 12 what's what's your number 12 uh well guys it obviously has to be the dark knight i mean that's the worst no okay i'm just kidding <laughs> uh <laughs> you imagine i already got shit for i'm um, spoiler alert it's not number one on my list uh and i i got shit for that real quick um but yeah, uh, so yeah, this, if that's the, the, if that's the baseline, people are going to be furious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, I obviously number twelve is Batman and Robin. I I just I I I just can't. Uh, as much as I love Arnold Schwarzenegger dropping pun after pun after pun, <laughs> that movie is just it, it's grating to me. Like it's not even so bad it can be funny um it, it's just a disaster from start to finish and it just i i can't stand it and when wow. we did we did the commentary one time and i just was like god i knew i hated this not even the dope soundtrack could save this one um yeah yeah garbage that worst worst of the bunch for sure wow 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 um okay uh my bottom of my list is batman v superman dawn of justice mm. um i and i'm not uh, I'm not including the, the whatever the fuck cut that the was ultimate edition. Yeah. yeah. The ultimate edition, because that was not the theatrical cut of this movie. Uh, I just, I found this movie fucking bare, un, almost unwatchable. I just did not have a good time with it. And it was a shame because I actually liked Ben Affleck as Batman. And yeah, I just feel like he was introduced into the cinematic world in a shit film that tried to cram in way too much other stuff to function as a backdoor pilot to the fucking justice league. And, you know, just all the yeah. other thing, what, what should have been a sequel to man of steel, which I didn't care for either uh, turned into this, like, well, we gotta, we gotta compete with Marvel. So let's fucking cram Batman into this. And then it was like, oh, well, that's <laughs> let's, not good let's enough. Let's make the Avengers immediately after yeah. Iron Man. Like let's, that's let's, not how that works. Guys. Yeah. Let's put <laughs> wonder woman in here too, which was, she was fine as well, but like, there was just so much stuff going on and nothing really made sense. And, you yeah. got fucking Jesse Eisenberg's wacky Jolly Rancher yeah. eating Lex Luthor. Like, it's just, <laughs> I I just did not like this movie at all. Cause like, yeah. Yeah, we're going to get to some that I say are so bad. They're good. Uh, this was not one of them for me. I just found it. Mm -hmm. It takes itself way too seriously. And I found it just supremely unenjoyable. So that's my number. I, you know, so, so for me, number 11 is, is Batman versus Superman. And I, okay. I think you could make the argument that those two movies uh, for me are, are interchangeable. They can be 11, 12, they can be 14, 15. Uh, mm -hmm. They can be, 
you know, 44 and 43, if you take in all the animated <laughs> films uh, there, they, I agree with you though. I think Batman v Superman is just uh, from, from every standpoint of filmmaking, I find it to just be a failure. Like it's it just, and uh, this isn't on here cause it wasn't theatrically released and it's an animated film, but like the, the dark Knight returns part one and two does everything BVS wishes it could but a thousand times better. Like it is just, it, it takes all of those stories that are crammed into this garbage movie um, and just makes them make way more sense. They're way more investing. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. This movie is just, uh, it, there's no fun in it at all. Like it's just, it's void of purpose and enjoyment and just, it's sad and hollow and just, uh, yeah. And the fucking Martha thing. Uh, 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 oh, I hate this movie so much. <laughs> um, yeah, you can make an argument that this could be 12 or 11. It doesn't matter. As long as it's in the last two, I, then I think you're right. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm going to shock you with my number 11, I think. Uh-oh. Because uh, it is not Batman and Robin. Uh, it is, in mm. fact, Batman Forever. Which. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Because wow. here's the thing. Bold. Here's the thing for me, man. Batman and Robin is so bad, it's good. It like it cycle it circles uh. back around and becomes enjoyable because it's so laughably bad, um, and to me, it it really leans into the camp, which makes it better and and just so dumb that it's good in a sense. Yeah. Um, whereas Batman Forever was still riding that line where they were like, well, we're still trying to do some of the Burton esque stuff, but we're also trying to lean into this more kid friendly thing. And it just fails on all fronts to me. Like I've recently mm. rewatched both forever and Robin. And yeah. I, I, I would prefer to watch Batman and Robin over Batman forever. There's just, I, wow. yeah, uh, it, wow. it doesn't go, it doesn't go full retard. And yeah. <laughs> Batman and Robin does. And for whatever yeah. reason that works, I know you're, I know you never go full retard, but, <laughs> but <laughs> it's but so, it you works. Know what's so funny. What's so funny is, uh, cause where I have, I probably have Batman forever higher than you would ever expect, but, mm -hmm. uh, all the things that you feel about Batman and Robin is actually how I feel about Batman forever. I feel like Batman forever. When we're talking about those two movies, I think it does a better job in being so bad that it's good. Um, than than Batman and Robin. So it's funny that we have like, the same sentiment for two of the worst movies. <laughs> well, and they're just me, different. They're basically me, just switched in how we feel about them. Yeah. And for like <laughs> how you said that, like Batman v Superman and Batman and Robin for you are interchangeable. For me, it's Batman and Robin and Batman Forever are almost interchangeable because they are very similar in the sense mm. that both films try to cram in way too much. Just yeah. Yeah. Way too much. I mean, in Forever, you've yeah. got. It, not only are you creating, you got two supervillains. Um, you've got the whole Robin story arc that you like create there too. Like there's just, there's just way this whole new love interest and Batman trying to fuck in the bat suit. And like, <laughs> I, I, there's no nipples on that one, Mike, that matters. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Like he, tr he tried to, he showed up for a booty call as Batman. That is not okay. That is not <laughs> It is not okay. <laughs> oh, God. And also, why That's was Batman funny. in the courtroom? Why was he in the courtroom? <laughs> when they did the flashback oh, of, of the acid getting thrown oh, yeah. in Harvey Dent's face, 
they show Batman yeah, like, like, why was he there? over some people. Like, why was he there in full bat suit? One of, like, one of my absolute favorite lines from this movie because it's delivered so horribly. And it's just, it's every time I hear it, I'm like, Val, you're so much better than this. Uh, is when uh, when the circus thing happens uh, yeah, and like yep. they start taking it over and he goes, Harvey, like, Harvey I'm Batman. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh man! Anyways, yeah, this, uh, all right. So what's your, what's your number ten? <laughs> so my number ten is Batman and Robin because while okay. while it is while it is so bad, it's good. It is shit. It, it is yeah. It is trash. Yeah. Um. You know, for me, I know you say that the puns start to grate on you. For me, that's the only thing keeping me going. Like I'm just like, <laughs> just, just, just give me the next pun. Come on. <laughs> That's fair. That's totally I need, fair. I need something to distract from George Clooney's bobblehead Batman. I just <laughs> something. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, my number ten is probably going to shock you, and it's probably going to piss a lot of people off. Um, but I actually went with The Dark Knight Rises. Um, I, as much as I love impersonating Bane, and I, I love Tom Hardy in that role. Uh, this is half a movie for me. Um, I, I have long maintained that after that back breaks, uh, there's nothing else to watch. Like that's, that's the end of the movie for me. It's a, it's a 45 minute episode, uh, on Netflix. And then after that, like turn that shit off because nothing else interesting happens after that. Um, I, I remember just being so wholly disappointed, uh, when I watched this and the, the more I reflect on it and the more times I've actually seen it. Uh, the more I hate the second and third act of this movie. Uh, they are just disasters. They make no sense. No one is doing anything of relevance. Uh, it, yeah, I, I, I do not like this movie at all. Um, and yeah, you, you got to be low if, you've, if you're only giving me 45 minutes of a movie that you have now stretched to like two and a half hours. I, I'm sorry, I'm out, I'm out. Yeah. It actually doesn't surprise me too much because uh, that is that is actually number nine on my list. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, because I feel similarly to you. I remember when I first saw it, I I really enjoyed it. But it, yeah, upon rewatches, it the the latter half of the movie it becomes like nonsensical. the The whole Occupy Gotham thing. It's so ridiculous. There's I've seen videos of people who've done like the fucking math on things about like the you, really the entire police force, the entire police force marched into the sewers, the entire police force. <laughs> and it's like and they're like they, they've done the math because it's like thousands of people. It's thousands of people went into yeah. the fucking sewers and they're down yeah. there for what, what months or something like that. It's it's yeah. a long fucking yeah. time. And yeah. then they come out and they're all looking clean shaven and just... <laughs> not malnourished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like eating their force. That's what they were doing. They were doing a Donner party. But then also like, it's weird because like they come out and then they go to engage with Bane's men, but like they don't have guns, but Bane's men have guns. So like the entirety of the police force went into the sewer without guns. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, well, and it also, nothing makes any sense. Yeah. And then this is actually something that uh, I, I give a lot of credit for, for some of these other movies. Um, but this, this is a Gotham to me, especially in this one where like, I feel nobody fucking lives there. No one lives in Gotham. Like you, <laughs> you have this massive destruction where like 
the whole city is being held ransom and people are able to just run about and we get <coughs> excuse me we get one montage of looting and then the streets are just bare like nobody lives in gotham anymore it's just an abandoned fucking ghost town until all of a sudden the cops come out and bane's men fill the city and you're just like where are all the goddamn people like what well, what is happening what you don't realize uh, Derek is that most of Gotham's population is the police force and so when they went <laughs> when they all marched into the sewer there was no one left topside that's <laughs> right right okay all right you got to reevaluate this plan Bane you're taking over a city of of nothing but cops this isn't going to be this isn't going to go well for you uh yeah and then the whole idea of like how they just how they treat Bane in the end and that reveal that it's actually Italia Al Ghul. It's, it's none of that worked for me at all. Yeah, like, and that's like I at all. I, I <laughs> like the character of Talia Al Ghul from the comics I do and too. the cartoon yeah. stuff. But the fact that like we don't really get any character development with her, we she's right. just like surprise, I'm evil, and you're like, but wait, yeah. what, what? Like yeah, what? This is this is my puppy Bane. Yeah, uh, he's adorable. <laughs> like what? What did you just do? <laughs> yeah. Although I am, yeah. I I'm with you um, about Tom Hardy's Bane. I know the like when it first came out, and everybody's like, "What is going on with this man's mouth? Like, why, what, why does he sound like that?" <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, that's that is that has been Tom Hardy's gift to the world. That version it of really, Bane, yeah, yeah, I, it's I the agree. Gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I, I agree. I don't. I totally agree. Because uh, for me, even after all these years, and as low as I rank this movie, uh, that shit never gets old to me ever. Nope. Ever, <laughs> ever. I will never tire of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so number nine for me. Yeah. Number nine for me uh, is Batman forever, which I think kind of uh -huh. makes it. I really do feel like these bottom four. <clears throat> I really do feel like you can make a case for organizing them however you want. Like as yeah, long we, as they're the bottom four, you can pretty much interchange them however you feel. Yeah. We really haven't been that far off on these. I mean, yeah. No, in different no orders, they're all the they're same all... movies. We just, yeah. we just ranked them slightly differently. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what do you have for number eight? Number eight for me is uh Batman, the movie from 1966. Uh, oh, mine yeah, too. May, maybe, yeah, maybe it deserves to be higher on the list, but again, it's, I mean, the movie came out before my time. I saw it as a little kid. Yeah. Um, and right. while I think it has a lot of great camp factor, um, you know, you can make the argument that Schumacher was trying to imitate this with Batman and Robin. And recapture that. Yeah. 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 But like this movie really succeeds at it and it has a lot of fun moments and, yeah. you know, God bless Adam West. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also feel like this movie is, uh, you know, very much it's hard to see without putting on the nostalgia goggles like you kind of mm -hmm. have to watch it that way um because it really isn't that good of a movie like it, it is just kind of the first of its kind uh, and it really does kind of prove that like <clears throat> the adam west batman works better as an episodic tv series than it does as a feature film uh because <laughs> i do think some of that stick wears down a little bit uh and it doesn't become as fun as i think it could be if it was just if it just stayed silly episodes um that's not to say it's bad but <clears throat> I understand why we've kind of put it in that eighth slot where, you know, it's not, it's not like the ones before it where we're like, we can make a case for being a terrible, terrible movie. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, and it really, it, it, it really does kind of like stand it's, it's like in its own 
arena. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it, fe- it's yeah, it any- feels like it doesn't belong on the list at all. Like, yeah, it's not like anything else. I mean, you wouldn't if if <laughs> if, if somebody was like, oh, man, I just watched the Batman and you were like, oh, what'd you think? I fucking loved it. Oh, if you love that, you should check out Batman the movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah, right. <laughs> you, yeah, you yeah, wouldn't be sure. You would be like, "What the fuck did you just have me watch?" You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's such a major departure from from what we got. Yeah. Um, all right. So number seven for me uh, is Batman Begins. Um, okay. uh, controversially, I know I've split up the Nolan trilogy, uh, and they're not one, two, and three. Um, yeah, I. I enjoy Batman Begins, but I, I actually do feel like it's lost some of its uh, recurring value. Like, I just, it's fine. And I remember loving it when it first came out, but I just feel like it hasn't really stood the test of time as much as I think I might have wanted it to. Um, and I, I don't necessarily have anything in particular against it with like, you know, some of the bottom ones where I can rant and rave about how much I hate it. I don't hate this movie at all. Uh, I just, I don't think it holds the memory uh, of what I would want from something like this, despite it being, you know, a a revitalization of Batman or whatever. Um, I I find it to just be kind of okay uh, upon rewatches. So (laughs) Uh, I feel the same way about my number seven, which is uh, (laughs) uh, the dark Knight. Bringing the heat. Yep. Yeah. I bring the heat. I here's the, how I feel about this movie. I still, you know, I still enjoy it um, when watching it, but I, I will say this. I don't think this movie is as good as everyone thinks it is because it, again, that's all subjective. You're entitled to appreciate it <laughs> however you want. Yeah. But from my point of view, what makes this movie is Heath Ledger's Joker. And anytime he is not on screen, I get bored. I like, I don't find the, the two face storyline, all that compelling. Um, in fact, like the whole idea at the end of like the Joker sort of just convincing him to go be bad. I, what? Like, I, I don't know. I don't just don't understand where his character gets to that progression. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if you yeah. would have seen, if there would have been more buildup to like, kind of like the way the animated series, um, tackled uh, the Harvey Dent thing where he kind of already had that split personality and it was the mm-hmm. inciting incident of getting the acid thrown in his face that created the, the whole split. Whereas this, we don't really see that from him. He just seems like a good dude. And then he gets half his face burned off and the Joker's like, Hey, here's a gun, go do stuff. And he's like, yeah. And I, I <laughs> okay. I, I don't yeah. know. Uh, so yeah. no, I, so here's what's funny is uh, not to jump ahead too far, but the Dark Knight is actually number seven for me. Um, so it's basically right after that. Uh, and I 100% agree with everything you just said. Um, I, I do. I find that if you remove Heath Ledger's Joker from that movie, you're actually left with a pretty shitty movie. Like it's it's not good. And I don't care how good that opening bank robber scene is because it is, it's amazing. And it's I saw it in IMAX and it's still one of, the best well-made film heist I've seen in a very long time, but that doesn't make a movie. Like one cool opening is not the entire film. And I agree. I get bored every time Heath Ledger is not on screen. As soon as he's off, I'm just like, bring him back. 
I'm over everything that's happening right now. I don't care. Yeah. And like, this is where this is the movie that started with Batman doing the weird gravelly voice, you know, because like oh. we've talked, we've talked about it many times before in Batman Begins. It's not that bad. It's it's, it's more not. it's really it's not. more of a softer tone. And then in this is where he starts going, the, <laughs> you know, like I'm not wearing hockey pants. Yeah. Like it's it's <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Dude, when he says that, because that's the first line in the movie for Batman. Uh, and when he says that, I, I laughed out loud, first of all. And then second, I was like, I really hope he doesn't do that through the whole movie. And sure enough, it just worse and worse and worse. And I now when I watch it, like I can't I can't handle it. Like it is so overbearingly gross and I hate it. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah the, when the we, Dark Knight is number seven for me. <laughs> I remember when we did a, a cinema saga on the trilogy, and Matt had pointed out there's the scene in The Dark Knight Rises where Catwoman kind of fucks off, like disappears, but like when he has his back turned and he turns around yeah. and in bat voice, he's like, So that's what that feels like. And it's like, <laughs> Why, why are you, why are you doing the voice? There's nobody there. <laughs> it's like, Surely you would just be like, so that's what that feels like. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's so yeah. weird. Yeah, it's, it's oh, such man. a weird, it's such a weird choice. Uh, but yeah, so The Dark Knight is number seven for me. I know it's super controversial, guys. I, everybody's turned it off by this point. You know that, right? Like, they don't care about what our top sixes are. <laughs> yeah, we, we've lost all street cred, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what, what was your number seven, though? Uh, that is, Dark, Dark Knight is my number seven. Uh, no, wasn't Dark Knight number eight? Nope, that was Batman the movie. Oh, that's right. Okay. All right. So we are on, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. So we're on, uh, what? Six? Six Am now. I, yes. Right? Six. Yes. Okay. Did you, did you miss eight? What was your uh, eight? No, because eight was, that eight was, Batman, was Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Okay. Yeah. So we both had Dark Knight at seven. That's so weird. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, strange. So strange. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, so, yeah. What is your, right. what's your number six then? Did I mess this up? Hold on. Hold on. Let, hold on. Let me just make sure. So this is 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Oh, okay. That's that's where you got I got it crossed. I'm so sorry. So okay. Batman Begins is seven. The Dark Knight is six. Six. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's where I messed up. Because I we talked about them both like kind of together. Yes. Because <laughs> like, they, so they were so similarly, similarly placed on our list. Yeah. Then what, um, so, what was okay, your, yeah. so the dark just knight re, is number six re, refresh me what was your number eight then again so number eight would be batman the movie right okay so we both had that then at eight got it right got yeah it. and then my seven was batman begins and then my six is the dark knight right okay yeah all right uh yeah. so then my six is lego batman oh, okay so and while i mean to me i feel like we're now we're in the upper half of the yeah. of the list so and and look to to be fair to this like list most of these movies i say most you already know which ones i don't like watching um but <laughs> yeah. most of these movies i enjoy and like right. sure we're gonna nitpick and and argue why we've placed them where we have but like i'll, I'll still sit i'll still sit down and watch the nolan trilogy and and enjoy myself you know what i mean like it's not it it's it, these are these are good movies they're they're good batman yeah. movies so yeah um for sure but anyway lego batman number six 
I, I, I really enjoy it. It's, you know, again, it's not a traditional Batman movie in the sense. I mean, it's, it's a comedy, um, right. but I love that it pays homage to all the other Batman movies. Um, I do think it gets a little muddled and almost becomes like space jam Two: a new legacy where it's just like, <laughs> like you can, you can't argue that it's not like, it's like, no, like hey, no. look at all these it, properties it, we own. Yeah. I think it does it much better than space jam. A new legacy. Yeah. Well, because um, you've already established but, but it definitely all that stuff. Does, yeah. 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 But it definitely but, does have that. Yeah. It's a bit, but you established all that stuff in the Lego movie. So it, it right. feels more natural to just have all these other wacky Lego elements brought into this Batman movie. So it, you're right. It does. It fits better. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's very funny. Yeah. It, yeah. I actually, I, so the Lego Batman is number five uh, for me on the list. Um, I, I know, I know everyone is like, how the fuck is Lego Batman ahead of Dark Knight? Uh, and or actually ahead of the entire Nolan trilogy, actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat, man. I, I find this movie to be incredibly enjoyable. It's super fun. Uh, it's very funny. I think if you are a fan of Batman, um, I think they do a lot of good jokes and, and Easter eggs and, and kind of play with its own genre a lot. And uh, I think they surprisingly explore some aspects of Batman and that we don't normally see a lot. Like, the idea that he might actually be creating his own villains and, you know, sure they do it with a little tongue in cheek, but yeah. they're willing to kind of bring up some of these, you know, internet fandom discussions uh, and kind of put them into the movie in a very funny and humorous way. Um, and and I, I, I think it's just done very, very well. So. And they explore the, you know, the loneliness that he, he has as being Batman and yeah. that kind of a thing. So they do, they tackle some great subject matter in there, but you know, mask it in humor, which. Yeah. It's the best, I think. Yeah. So, so what was your number five? Uh, what was your number six? That was... Uh, number... Hold on. That was... Number six was, that, was The Dark Knight. The Dark so Knight. The, Le okay. the Lego Batman is my number five. Got yeah. it. Lego uh, Batman so was my number five. My yeah. number five is The Batman. The 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 bat the bat the Batman? The Batman. The, the Batman, yeah. The, <laughs> the Batman. Um, yes. Uh, so this film for me i i really enjoyed it um and you know when i get to my my top four you might be like oh nostalgia but whatever i i fucking enjoy these other movies more than i enjoyed the batman um yeah but <laughs> i found this to be a really good movie i you know it's three hour runtime that didn't feel like it to me um i really enjoyed robert pattinson as batman um i mean pretty much the whole cast does a solid job i did find some things a little questionable in the wardrobe department um <laughs> for for certain for certain care for the riddler um yeah. but overall you know i i thought it was a solid detective story I was, you know it's it's a good crime drama with a batman skin uh <laughs> really yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, really. Bad. No, you're, I, I I remember calling it it's basically Seven and Zodiac with Batman. Like that's yeah. <laughs> just you just drop him into Seven and just remake the movie and then you're you're good cuz they do. They absolutely do. There are there are scenes in this movie that are ripped directly from Seven. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah. So uh all right, so top 4. Yep. For me, number four, 
the Batman. I feel like we've been doing this this entire list where <laughs> all of ours are just they're just reversed. <laughs> like whatever's whatever's next to each other, we've just reversed them in our list. Uh, <laughs> so for me, uh, the Batman actually cracks the top four, which is probably really surprising considering how harsh I've been on the movie. Um, I, I actually have a lot of problems with this film. But uh, overall, I think it is just an incredibly well-made film. I mean, when we're talking about, uh, you know, things like cinematography and casting and, you know, visuals and just kind of even some of the narrative elements that I find to be really, really strong, I think are strong enough to make a case for this being a really, really good movie, um, even though I have things and issues about it that, you know, I, I've been pretty outspoken about. I don't think those things really take away from just how good this movie actually is uh, from a filmmaking standpoint and a performance standpoint. Um, and even some of the storytelling standpoints, I think it really does stand out uh, above a lot of these other movies, uh, even if it's got a ton of faults. Um, I, I think it's just, it, it's just, it's brilliantly made. So uh, I, I let it crack the top four for me. Nice. Um, my number four um, and I, this is where I really started to get conflicted with my choices. Um, just because uh -huh. like, I really, from this point forward, I just love all these movies. And so yeah. it's almost like I could just say they're all number one, but since I had, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> since I had yeah. to assign a rating, um, I put yeah. Batman returns at number four and okay. it's, it's weird that I put this here because I, I'm going to, I put a movie ahead of this one that you put actually pretty low on your list. Um, but I just, I think it's a well-made film. Whereas this, I love Batman returns. I love it. Um, I love uh, the introduction of Catwoman and the penguin. Um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer just epitomizes what Catwoman should be. Like she's so good in that yeah. role. Um, yeah, God, and, she'd shoot through scenery, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And like Danny DeVito, while disgusting as the penguin, because it's a Tim Burton interpretation, he fucking nails it. He is so yeah. great in that role. Yeah. And he just like, you know what I mean? He creeps you the fuck out. Yeah. Like the yeah. teacher, my French, yeah, he, he's, trick. He like, he's so it's good. Another, <laughs> it's another one of those like kind of transformative performances where like, you you really kind of forget that this is the jolly comedic kind of <laughs> silly Danny DeVito. Like, yeah, you, you get this whole other side of this guy where you're just like, I hate you and I can't look away. This is what is happening. <laughs> it's so good. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, and of course, I, I love Michael Keaton as Batman. So his return is great for me. What holds the film back a little bit is that it feels small in scale it's mm, one of these where mm -hmm. they filmed most of it on a back lot like on a set and it it feels like it like there's these like yeah like two or three scenes that take place in like this gotham square what they call gotham square and mm -hmm. to to their credit they do try to break up scenes so that it feels like they're in different parts but it's like if you have a keen eye you can just it'd be like no nah, they're in the same square that they were in at the beginning of the movie like they're just yeah. over here right now. And it does. It makes them it makes the movie feel really small. And I don't know mm -hmm. why they did that, because when you watch the original Gotham felt fucking massive, it felt alive. Yeah. And this, yeah, it, right. it like you said about um, uh, the Dark Knight Rises, where you're like, does anyone live in Gotham? That's kind of how this felt like it just because mm -hmm. it feels so small. 
and condensed. Yeah. So to me, that's I think that's why I put it where it is. But like every other part of the movie, I think is phenomenal. So sure. Yeah. Um, no, it's, and honestly, that's a fair placement. So uh, for me, uh, again, I feel like we're just we're just reversing numbers. Uh, so for me, getting into the top three, uh, Batman Returns actually leads the charge in into my top three. Um, and I actually I agree with literally everything you just said. I yes, Gotham feels incredibly small here, uh, and I do think it holds it back. But I think for me those performances are just so undeniably great. Um, and there are, there are some really fun creative elements that they do here that, you know, the giant rubber duck coming up into the gala, <laughs> which I just think is just such a fucking awesome practical effect. Like I just, Lee, <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. It's so and good. And leads to the great line into the duck. Like it just... <laughs> yeah. Where else are you going to hear that? You know, where, where else are you going to hear that straight faced and meaningful? Like, where are you going to get that? Um, but yeah, I, I just, and I, I remember, uh, as a kid, uh, this was like one of the first PG 13 movies I ever saw. And I, I just remember, like, I love the darkness of it. Um, I'm pretty sure Batman kills a guy. Um, and I just, I love that. I just, I love everything about this movie, even though there are some misgivings. So yeah, it, that one cracks my top three. Yeah. In fact, that whole sequence, uh, <laughs> where Batman kills a guy is they used it and I want to say the trailer and it's a great fucking trailer moment. Batman walks around a corner, a dude fucking pops out. He punches him like without even looking at him. He punches the dude, throws him and then encounters this big dude, hits him once and the guy's like whatever and then looks down and sees that he stuffed this dynamite into his <laughs> into his pants <laughs> and then he fucking knocks the guy into a cliff keeps walking and the guy explodes behind him and you're like god i don't even care that he murdered a dude fucking... it's so brutal and like that's how the movie starts like <laughs> yeah that's not even the first guy he kills i think the, no. the guy he lights on fire <laughs> the fucking oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man god. so good <laughs> yeah i love it i love it so much yeah that it definitely cracks my top three but what, what was your number three uh my number three is batman begins and oh, okay. um so for me i know you said that like you know you felt like the film didn't really hold up for you uh i still think this one does for me and mm. i remember that like when this came out this really kind of re revitalized batman as a franchise because yeah let's not lie to ourselves batman and robin killed it and so no I this, no you're absolutely right it, it absolutely did it had a it had a monumental task before it and for the most part like I, to me this is the best film of the nolan trilogy i think it's a great origin mm -hmm. story for batman sure i'm you know I'm fucking overseeing the the wayne's killed but like uh, <laughs> yeah. you know i, I mean I, to be to be fair that is actually one of the things that boosted up the batman on my list i <laughs> i specifically gave it an extra point for not showing for the not wayne's showing guy. that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i really appreciated the fact that like we see the journey that bruce takes like going around the world and like learning what it is to be a criminal and then being trained by the league of shadows and um, mm -hmm. you know, learning how to, to use fear. Like I, I really just enjoyed seeing the character go on that journey to become Batman. And, you know, people make the argument a lot that he's just not a detective enough in 
Batman films. Whereas in this, he actually is. I mean, it's it's not like he's not, he's not Sherlock Holmesing it, but he is definitely investigating the 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 whole drug thing. Like you know what I mean? He's using Gordon as an asset. He's going. He's interrogating people. He's figuring shit out. So there is a detective story going on there as well. It's more an origin story mm-hmm. than that, but it is still there. And this is probably the most I enjoy uh, Christian Bale as Batman and Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. because yeah. we see, we do get to see the broken man, Bruce Wayne, a little bit of the angst there, but we also get to see mm-hmm. when he puts on his public face, his playboy yeah, face. Yeah, the, the, the billionaire playboy face. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which I and think he does really well, actually. Yeah. And it feels like that's something we don't get to see a lot of in the movies. Um, yeah. And so I, I appreciate that. And I liked his Batman in this. He Again, this is before he goes full, full rasp voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So full, I, full growl. Yeah. And I liked that the yeah. Scarecrow okay. was a, was a primary villain as well. He still yeah, gets I, I, I like when they do cool, stuff but... like that. Yeah. I, I like when they do stuff like that though. And that's actually, again, that's another reason I, I bumped up the Batman uh you know to to crack the top four uh because it does it highlights a villain we don't see very often uh and that's not to say like we don't see the riddler we like we have before but he's just never like the bad guy you know what i mean like he's never the villain uh and so i I really like that i think (laughs) he's a fun guy uh, who asks questions yeah (laughs) and where's question marks yeah he's zany uh so i like the grounding of that um but no i I think you're absolutely right i think the the um one of the things that i've always wanted is for uh films to really explore the rogue gallery because batman really legitimately has one of the most extensive rogue galleries on the planet and most of them not all but like most of them have a lot of potential to be extremely compelling and we don't always need the joker to carry the film like we do different things and so i I give credit to batman begins for uh you know giving us a a totally different version of scarecrow uh who we don't see often and i love cillian murphy and i think he's great so yeah it's it's a good it's a good pick i know it was lower on my list um but I, i i see your argument for sure yeah uh, and I think that our top two, I think they're going to be just reversed. I, I think so. I'm looking at them and I'm pretty sure we have the same ones. Uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure our top two are identical. I think they might be switched, though. I I, I do think they might be flip-flopped, I, I think. Ooh, okay. What, what What is your number two, then? So my number two, which I think is your number one, is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. I, Ooh, am I right? no, we're right. We're right. So Mask of the Phantasm is my number two. Okay. All right. Shit. We're, we're both spot yeah. on. All right. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Batman Mask of the Phantasm. This fucking movie did not get uh, the, what it deserved when it was released in theaters. This thing I came agree, and went silently man. in the night. It was yeah. the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dark night. <laughs> um, but, oh, fuck. Is this such a good movie? I mean, the animated series is already awesome on its own merits. Yeah. And so for them yeah. to make a full theatrically released film that like just doubles down on the greatness of the animated series and they, mm-hmm. they nail it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, all the compliments I gave to things like the Batman and Batman begins, I, this one does so much better. I, this idea of pulling 
of pulling this villain that like you have not you really have not seen before and really haven't seen since honestly um it's just it's so cleverly done and i love like this movie is so tight and concise and like narratively purposeful like nothing it doesn't like overcomplicate things but it's still a great mystery it's got a lot of heart it's got a lot of like just i don't know everything this it feels like a legitimate featured film and it's an animated movie like it yeah. just it, it is so good and i completely agree that it does not even to this day it still does not get the credit that it deserves and i think when people see it as a number two I, I think people are like there's no way it's that good and i'm like you guys you first of all you haven't watched it in a long time because if you're if you're saying that then you, you just don't remember it well enough uh, it is hands down one of the best batman movies uh on the planet it's so so good and i don't think enough people give it enough credit for sure yeah and i mean you've got you've got all the greats you've got your you kevin conroy's batman you've got mark hamill as the joker and even the joker it, it, while a big presence in the film is not even the primary antagonist, which I think again no, lends itself no. to it, it that originality. You get the, this phantasm yeah. character, and when you find out the backstory behind that, it I mean, sure, it does feel a little bit like it's taking cues from like Under the Red Hood, that that sort of a thing, like a, a, yeah. just a little bit, not not a lot, but like you can see the similarities <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's still it's it's a very compelling story and I mean really not who you expect it to be kind of right. thing. Yeah. Um and you also but you get like some good Bruce Wayne story going on here as yeah. well. And yeah. so yeah, it's just uh, yeah. it's yeah. Master it, of the Phantasm is so good. If you haven't seen it or you haven't seen it in a while, uh track it down and do it because it is a hundred percent worth watching again. It is so good. Yeah. Absolutely. It could have easily been uh, number one, but. It, yeah. Oh, you know. I agree. I, I agree. And I, I even said that when I, when I did my full recap for NerdBot, um, I, I, when I got into the top three uh, for me, I was like, you could basically interchange all of these on any given day. Like I could watch all three of them and then just re-rank them. Like every time yeah. I watch my top three, I'll probably change it all the time. That's how close a lot of these ones are uh, in, in this top section. So Yeah uh yeah so number one batman 89 baby yep oh yeah um so yeah what 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 to say about this uh because you know know. what's funny is i feel like there's a lot of people nowadays like it's a popular thing to that people are like looking back and they're like oh it's not really that good Eh, go fuck yourself it's good yeah (laughs) get bent it's good (laughs) it's it's damn near great it's yeah yeah it is i mean for me this is this is bad like sure i watched as a kid i used to watch uh reruns of the the batman you know the 1966 series and right. of course you know the bam pop pow all that stuff like I, yeah. I i loved it for that but this movie was the first time i'd seen batman on screen and this mm-hmm. was batman for me i had a batman uh action figure from the movie I fucking wish I knew what happened to that thing, but like, that was like my favorite (laughs) fucking toy of all time. Like this. Yeah. I I love this movie. I I agree. And one of the things for me about Batman 89 is uh, you, you just, you have to give credit where credit is due because all the other films you think that are above it 
would not be made without Batman 89 being as good as it is. Like you would not be able to have the Nolan trilogy if you did not have Batman 89. You just, I'm sorry, but you just wouldn't. It, it really is that much of a revolutionary change. And it has, it's funny because it had in its, in its, um, uh, in its early stages, like it had all the same controversies we have now where like, Casting a comedian as Batman. People lost their goddamn minds. Like, nobody was cool with Keaton being Batman at the start. Like, he earned that right to be one of the best people to ever don the cape and cowl. Like, nobody thought it was going to be good. Tim Burton coming in and, you know, doing this art deco thing with Batman where everyone is like, no, Batman is campy and and, uh, silly. And, you know, you got to do the cartoonish thing. And he fucking does this dark haunting flare all across it. And then you get Jack Nicholson just fucking chewing the hell out of every word that comes out of his mouth. Like it is just so good. Everything about this movie is almost perfect for me. I I I adore uh, this movie. And I think Jack Nicholson banked big on this because I think he actually, a percentage I think was uh, what he got of the grosses and he gets top billing. Like that's, that is how controversial a choice it was to put Keaton in this role is that your villain yeah. took top billing because that's uh, honestly, the only fucking reason the movie was made is because Jack Nicholson was in it. Like that, that's the truth. Like yep. he, yeah. that, no, the 100%. power, the fucking power that that man held in Hollywood yeah. at the time, like is yeah. insane. And, and the intelligence of his deal. Like I, people, People literally refer to the clause now when they try to do it as the Jack Nicholson clause. Like it is, it is, it was so uh, like nobody did that ever. And he demanded it and just became a gazillionaire because he, he snuck in and got these rights that nobody else as an actor actually gets. And just that. Yeah. But yeah, this movie is, is almost perfect for me. And I, I love this movie and I can watch it anytime any day anywhere and and never tire of it yeah and it's one of those that for me yes it's directed by tim burton but i feel like you would never know it like to yeah yeah i would say aside from the aesthetic aside from like the look and feel of the film um there's very little quirky kind of odd but like i think this is long before he met johnny depp so maybe that's why well but it doesn't feel as tim burton (laughs) even if you even if you compare this to batman returns but whoever whoever burton was working with at the time for his set design and costume design and stuff like that i don't know if that relationship had been established yet because there is a strong strong difference between those two movies in just the style and the look mm-hmm. of everything like while yes yeah, it still has a bit of that like sort of 1920s flair that both movies have but he leans way more into the the tim burton things like stripes on things yeah. and like that yeah. that kind of no, stuff whereas right. gotham right. in the in batman 89 just feels dirty and it feels mm-hmm. real you know what I mean? Like yeah. just there was this level yeah, of grit to it, and just yeah, yeah. Where, um, whereas, yeah, and it, it almost feels it almost feels like Tim Burton is actually forcibly restrained by something here in mm-hmm. Batman, and I actually think that's a good thing. Um, not that I don't mind Burton Unchained, but like it works better here when he clearly has restraints 
Um, and he's not because you're right. You see that in Batman Returns where they're just like, oh, 89 was amazing. Uh, here, do whatever you want. And then you get more of that Tim Burton-esque style and format right. and storytelling and, and this, <laughs> visuals. Again, and, and I don't have a problem with that, but it is it to me, it just made the film feel small and maybe that's because part of it was filmed on a set some of it was filmed in miniature like the entire gotham zoo that's like dilapidated and feels very much like it's the fucking backyard of edward scissorhands you know what i mean like it's all that's all shot you're absolutely right (laughs) that's all shot in miniature and so it just all feels very small but it feels very tim burton-esque so uh yeah yeah, i feel like this movie just doesn't have the the tim burton stamp on it but it is mm-hmm. still very much his movie. And uh, yeah, I just, I really love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, man. So, all right. Well, that's, uh, that was our top uh, rankings of those. So let's get into the Batsmen. We yes. have nine of them. You got nine Batman from, what was it? 12, 12 films. Yes. Yep. So yep. nine Batman, nine Batman, 12 films. That's, that's pretty right. crazy, actually. So, uh, I, starting off at number nine, I think I think it's going to be the same for both of us. I think it is. <laughs> is it? Is it, uh, is it Clooney? Is it? Clooney? It is definitely Clooney. It is definitely Clooney. <laughs> it is. Oh, it is that, George that Bobblehead Clooney? Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> talk about like. A guy who was asleep at the wheel. I. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You want to talk about phoning it in? If anybody ever asks for an example of what what do you mean when you say an actor phones it in? Just show them Batman, uh, Batman and uh, Batman and Robin, uh, and that there it is. There, there's your example. That's all you need. That's yeah. what it looks like. And what's funny is that I've heard I've heard interviews with George Clooney, and I it, he wasn't trying to phone it. Like he wasn't. It wasn't like he was just like, ah, fucking I'm Batman, I guess. Like he was trying, but like somehow or another, just nothing came together right. And he doesn't, he's not particularly good as Batman or Bruce Wayne. So yeah, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely a. I mean, it sucks because, and I think actually probably both of our bottoms are are pretty close to the same. But it does suck because George Clooney is a good actor. It's not like it's not like he's Chris O'Donnell who can't act for shit. Uh, and then just happens to be in the shit movie. Like yeah. he's a legitimately great actor, and he is just aw- like he is so wrong for every aspect of this movie. And then the movie is shit. So it's like both of those things are just compounded on one. Uh, and yeah, it, he he is easily the worst Batman. <laughs> uh, what is what is your number eight? Uh, so my number eight is uh, Val Kilmer. All right, um, we're, we're we're two for two right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I and I I've heard people say that they've. I think they really is it. They enjoyed Val as Batman, or they enjoyed him. So there's a there's a camp that has like they they have the divided list of like who's good as Batman and who's good as Bruce Wayne. And oh I right, yeah. Say, I want to say the argument is that he is good as. Batman or is he good as I don't know which because I don't like him as either so that's <laughs> yeah I don't like I don't like him as either either so <laughs> um yeah and, and again it's it's another one of those things where you got a great actor uh in just kind of a shit movie and a wrong role like it just it doesn't work for me it, it doesn't at all uh and I think maybe maybe in a different world in a different time and a, a just completely different movie he might be able to do it 
Um, but he, he doesn't do it here. And I, there are so many times where he's, he delivers lines and I'm just, I, I audibly groan when he does it. And it's so bad. Yeah. I mean, part of it is in the writing, like again, like this, to me, this movie, sorry, this movie is where, uh, again, I just feel like Batman is poorly written. He's doing all these things that Batman would not do. Batman would not be showing up to get a booty he's vengeance all right he is not he's not trying to get laid in the fucking bat suit you know what i mean like yeah it's so weird and then yeah. val has this tendency to like have his mouth hanging open as bad yes. look, I understand you oh my god breathe. like total total twilight christian stewart where you're just like bro close your mouth like yeah it's i mean he, he probably is just it's probably a result of the suit he's probably breathing through his mouth he probably can't breathe oh, through his nose, yeah. but like, yeah, it's right. just, so it's like always, a natural reaction. Yeah. It's just always on camera. Like it's just mouth hanging open and you're like, stop, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. It's, it's unfortunate that these two great actors are on the, on the bottom of, of the list, but yeah, yeah they, they don't work for me. At I all. mean, this they, guy they was really Doc don't. Holliday. He was the epitome of I cool. Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He was yeah, more fucking the, Ice he Man. Was, like, he was more. He, he was more Batman in the Saint than he was in Batman. Like, come on. <laughs> oh God! I just want to go watch the Saint. I love that movie. I don't give a shit what anybody says. I oh, love great. that movie so much. I, I think that's a great movie. <laughs> and another, and another badass soundtrack. That that movie has a fantastic soundtrack. <laughs> uh, all right. So who's your number seven? Uh, number seven is actually Adam West. Um, okay. I, I know that that is like, I know people are going to get all bent out of shape about it, but I, Adam West is, is fine. I enjoy the series very much. I like the camp. I think he is rather good for the, the type of Batman that he actually is, but much like ranking in the movies, he doesn't really fit here. Like all these other Batman are competing for the same type of Batman. You know what I mean? And like, he just feels like this outlier. And so I can't I can't necessarily rank him among all of these other people. Uh, and so I kind of just have to put him towards the bottom of the list because he doesn't function in any other part of Batman. It's this one particular style of Batman and then nothing else. Um, so yeah, I, I had to put him as uh, as number seven. <clears throat> okay. Um, I, this may be controversial but my number seven is christian bale Mm -hmm. because i you know whereas i mean batman begins was number three on my list but unfortunately you have two other movies that unsell me on yeah (laughs) that basically undo all the good yeah 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 I thought in in Batman Begins, I think his Batman and his Bruce Wayne are solid. And then you have two other yeah. movies that be like, nah, fuck all that, and and ruin it for me. Like it, it yeah. really is. I if if we are just judging off of one movie, uh, Bale would definitely be higher on my list. But those other two movies mm. just change everything about the character, and yeah, yeah, he's just not not great, not great for me. Yeah. So. Okay, that's fair. All right. So for me, uh, going on to number six, number six is Christian Bale. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, I, I completely agree with, with everything you said. I think he is the best in Batman Begins. And then those other two movies just unravel anything good 
that that he he can lay down and again christian bale is a fantastic actor he's mm-hmm. very 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 good and i just think the movies ruin any good groundwork that he had laid down for himself uh when when he first took on the role um and i i do i think his batman actually gets progressively worse uh across the board and so does his bruce wayne to where he just becomes intolerable for me like yeah. <laughs> he starts out as like this really great origin story batman and then Every other time you see him, you're like, I don't like any of this. <laughs> um, so interestingly enough, my number six is Adam West. <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it. As soon as you put Christian Bale as number seven, I was like, we just reversed these two. We yep. absolutely did it again. <laughs> yeah. Adam West beats out Bale just because, I mean, the man is consistent across the series and his movies. He has a particular set of skills. <laughs> He, he does the camp so well. Um, and, and I love the fact that they brought him back to voice the character of the gray ghost in Batman, the animated series as kind of a nod to yeah. the, the Batman 66. <laughs> and I, I do love his performance. It, again, it is very campy, sure. but the man yeah. he commits to it. He nails it. He looks good in spandex. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he gave us the Batusi. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's, he's got that wonderful dance scene. It's, yeah, yeah, there's no, there's a lot yeah. to love there. <laughs> Shark repellent and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. You know, it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff going on there. It's very handy, yeah. but. I, that's the intention and i think he he nails it absolutely so yeah um yeah, that's but fair. again it, it is weird to compare him to every other batman except for will arnett who is very silly as well but every other batman on here is so serious that it's just weird yeah. to compare them but yeah because uh, it does yeah. he feels like he doesn't belong on the list even though he does like yes that's how <laughs> odd out it is like <laughs> yeah <clears throat> all right so moving uh, on to number five yeah, what you got? Uh, I got Will Arnett. Uh, I mean, uh, hey, we nailed it. Yep. Hey, all right. Uh, yeah, Will, Will Arnett is number five for me as well. Yeah, I again, because he's he's this silly take on Batman, similar to Adam West, but I, I, I got to give the man credit. He does a great sort of pa- parody <laughs> Batman yeah. voice. Like it's not, he's not going full bail, but you can see where that's kind of what they're poking fun of. Uh, right, yep. And... Yeah, and just solid, solid humor all around. I, I think it's, I think it's good. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Will Arnett does a really good job. Um, and and not, I mean, obviously, most of it is is just the writing and you know people understanding what they're trying to parody when it comes to Batman. But it, you know, you you gotta have a good voice actor to kind of sell all of these things. I mean, you're literally making fun of every aspect of batman in like every possible way and you can get somebody that might be a little too silly and might not understand how to kind of do it with that straight faced kind of uh you know delusional type of batman uh where you know it, the the whole story arc is batman realizing his actual place in the world uh and his actual function as he interacts with other people so you need somebody that can kind of present this guy that literally doesn't understand the world around him that he's creating in real time. Uh, and I think that Will Arnett does a really, really good job uh, in borrowing a lot of those elements that they're parodying and then delivering it in a way that that feels like, yeah, this is the kind of movie I would want and the kind of performance I would want in a Lego Batman. 
Yeah. And and look to the because we got two people that are just voicing Batman on this list. And yeah, when while I, you know, said so they're rated pretty high, uh, I don't want to I don't want anyone to think that I'm like discounting. Yes, there is a tremendous difference between being able to deliver two different voices, one for Bruce and one for Batman. And, and you know, it, yes, it takes it, it as a voice actor. It, it is difficult to right. give that, you know, inflection and tonality and all this stuff when you're just talking to a microphone. Sometimes it can be very difficult to really act uh, into a microphone, but they nail it. Yeah. But I don't want to yeah. discount all these live action people, whether they did good or bad. I mean, they were set with a monumental task of having to portray Bruce Wayne and then put on these like 50, 60, 70 pound suits yeah, and portray right. Batman. weighted vests of costumes. And yeah. Like, yeah. And so yeah. like, even though I don't like George Clooney as Batman or Bruce Wayne, I, I, I want you to, I appreciate that he put in the work to do the character and, and yeah. to, to play yeah. both of those. It's more of a challenge to me what the live action actors have to do than what the voice actors have to do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree. I, I, I would agree. I, I, I see the argument there. So, um, yeah, number four. Uh, number four, I actually went with uh, Ben Affleck. My God, our lists um, are like almost fucking identical. <laughs> I, I think they might be actually because if we nailed Ben Affleck, then I'm pretty sure our top three are identical. Uh, I, I would be shocked if they're not actually. Um, but yeah, I, I put Ben Affleck as four, and and this is this is a weird one because most of his Batman turns are in movies I absolutely can't stand, like across the board. Um, and I still think that he is just a really, really good Batman. I know he absolutely hated doing it and he had a horrible experience filming them all. Um, but he he is probably one of the best parts of all three of those attempts. Uh, the, the Justice League, the Snyder Cut and BBS. Uh, I can leave everything else out, but I would actually still take Batman. Uh, I would still take Batfleck uh as as the bat as as a batman and i i was the biggest hater guys i i was the one that was like there's no fucking way this is gonna work he's gonna be horrible he's gonna be awful i can't believe they're doing this i was that guy uh and he, he made a believer out of me i think he turns in a really really strong performance yeah uh, i completely agree we were both we were both in the same headspace we were like daredevil no <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like absolutely not uh yeah. but he, you know, I mean, number one, he transformed his body uh, to fucking just muscles on muscles to to do the role, which I know not everyone does to play Batman, uh, <coughs> Robert Pattinson. But anyway, um, <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, it shouldn't be necessary. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think some yeah. level of being fit for particular roles is it should be. But like you, you shouldn't need to start fucking doing tire tire rolls tire flips and stuff like that yeah <laughs> just <right>. like <laughs> have a rocky fucking, montage in the middle of the movie like <laughs> yeah i can play batman um but he did he like it what kills me is that he is a great character in a shit film like I, yeah. again like yeah. batman v superman is the bottom of my fucking list of batman movies and i think ben affleck is phenomenal in it and I just wish yeah. he had gotten, I wish he'd gotten the Robert Pattinson treatment. I really do. I wish he'd gotten his own solo fucking Batman movie and yeah. that was not directed well, and, by and, Zack Snyder. And to to be fair, the Batman was supposed to be the bat the Ben Affleck project. 
Like, yeah, I remember that he he that's what he was supposed to do. Because there was yeah, there was time there was a time where he was supposed to be writing and directing it as well. Yeah, and yeah, and he just he got so over being a part of everything that had happened as far as filming and the role itself that he was just like, yeah, I'm not going to do this because I don't want to do this, and I'm going to deliver. A, and honestly, it's pretty commendable to him because he basically was like, I'm going to turn in a really shitty performance because I don't want to be here, so I'd rather just not do it. Um, and you don't see a lot of people turn stuff down like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, props to him, but yeah, the Batman was supposed to be his, uh, and I agree. I would have loved to have seen him get the Batman treatment. I, I think he would absolutely crush it, uh, if he was given that opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. so number three then is it, is it, uh, is it Robert Pattinson? It sure the hell is. <laughs> <laughs> it sure the hell is. <clears throat> Yeah, I we we might be different on number one and two, but we'll we'll see. But obviously, they're practically the same. Even if we yeah, they are. They're, 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 one and two are basically interchangeable, no matter how you spit it. So yeah, <laughs> they could basically just be one A and one B, like that's. <laughs> um, but yeah, Robert Pattinson is a he's a solid Batman. Uh, he's doing a lot of a lot of good things in the role. He's not he's not doing any wacky Batman voice. Um, yeah. he's just like a lower version of his own voice. Um, mm-hmm. you could make the argument that he's not a great Bruce Wayne, but again, I think that a lot of that, it just has to do with the writing. Bruce Wayne yeah. is really just a mirror reflection of Batman in this film. So there's no, right. we don't get to see him acting as playboy Bruce or even CEO Bruce. We don't really get to see any right. of that in this film. Um, but yeah. I don't think that's any, uh, that, that has nothing to do with Robert Pattinson. So, right. Right. And it's, you know, and, and I think that was intentional um, because I think the the filmmakers really wanted this to be a Batman film. Um, and that's why it's, you know, year two Batman. You know, he's still one of the things that I think is really great about Robert Pattinson's performance is that he really does a lot of he brings that angst in a way that makes you feel like, oh, yeah, this is what Batman would be. Yeah, you know, right, you know, at the start, like he he doesn't even know how to necessarily define not just Bruce Wayne. But he really doesn't even know how to define the Batman yet. He has no idea what that character is actually supposed to be and what it is that he's created. Um, and he's still, you know, kind of processing this trauma uh, that's led him to these decisions. And he hasn't really figured out how to actually do either one. Um, and that that is a really, really big task and a huge challenge that I give so much credit to Pattinson for doing. I The amount of acting that he does under the mask without any words just all with his eyes and that intensity i don't think people understand how fucking hard that is to do like the man is literally just communicating with half of his face blocked and you understand everything that he's saying without words that is so hard and he is so good at doing it all throughout this movie so yeah 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 agreed he, he's solid performance yeah. um number two um this this is going to be controversial i think for most people uh my number two is is actually uh derek murray as puppet batman um dude i knew it i knew i was going to make this list i'm so excited (laughs) i'd like to thank the academy i'd like to thank my producer my manager uh i'd like to thank god for this award um Uh, no, uh, my number two, <laughs> my number two is Kevin Conroy from Batman. Ah, we reversed them. We switched them. Yep. I, I had a feeling yeah. we we would, but uh, yeah, yeah the, he's great. I mean, look, 
when I I feel like if you think Batman, like if you you're thinking of a Batman voice, you're thinking yeah. of Kevin Conroy. Like that's yeah, yeah. There's no other one. <laughs> like that's it. I mean, the man has voiced the character off on on cartoons, cartoon animated movies, video games. He's even fucking played a live action version of it on the CW now. I mean, it was yeah. just Bruce Wayne, but still, like this. Yeah fucking he's he's got such a good voice for both bruce wayne and batman like yeah he's damn near perfect yeah yeah i i completely agree i and like i said i mean i think i think we all know what 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 your number one is my number two is and that's michael keaton um but i like i said i they these guys could basically be one a and one b i they're just (laughs) you know what i mean like they're they're so close to me and on any given day, I could probably switch them and not even wouldn't even bother me because um, they really are just they are as close to a perfect Batman and Bruce Wayne as you could possibly get. And uh, for me, I think Michael Keaton takes the number two spot. Um, he would if if Kevin Conroy didn't exist, uh, Michael Keaton would absolutely be number one. And there's never going to be anybody <laughs> that's going to dethrone him for me. Um, but for me, Kevin Conroy, I just some of the most iconic and best versions of Batman, especially in the animated world. Um, I, I just think that it's so prolific and uh, the the fact that he's able to do it and has done it for so long and so well across so many different animated platforms. Uh, I, to me, that just has to boost you to number one. Uh, whereas Michael Keaton is, you know, when you, when you want to talk about live action Batman, Uh, That is that is it. Everybody else is competing for that spot. Like he is just so amazing. And just he when he splashes onto the scene, Michael Keaton, uh, it is like no one, no one could have predicted that it was going to be like this. Like, you know what I mean? Like he just comes on and sets an entirely different tone uh, that basically dictates every other Batman after him. Uh, And while I would still think that Kevin Conroy edges him out. Um, yeah, Michael Keaton is, is, you know, number two, but I'll put it in bunny quotes. Cause like I said, he's basically, they're tied for me. So yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely takes the number one spot for me. And I'm sure part of that is just like, again, same with the movie. He is, he is Batman to me. Um, yeah. and like, I know there's like people that say he's not a good Bruce Wayne, but I, what movies are you watching? Because Sure, he doesn't have a lot of public <laughs> uh, appearances as Bruce Wayne, but when he does, I feel like he's fine. Like in Batman Returns, he yeah. has that meeting with Max Shrek, and he's like, he's he feels very like CEO Bruce Wayne would, like confident. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean. A little little cocky, yeah. you know. Um, in the the first movie when he has the the party at the house, like, oh, you know, he's. A, I mean, he's so yeah. he's so infatuated by Vicky Vale at that point that he's a little weird, but you know, it, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought he had some charm to it. Like one of my favorite moments is yeah. when she's actually at the house having dinner, and they're in that fucking room with the long ass table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "Do you enjoy eating in here?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." You know, I don't think I've ever been in this room before. Like it's such a. <laughs> Yeah, I I think uh, one of the things that he does really, really great in in both of these movies, but more so in this one is uh, you really do get the sense that like, yeah, this Bruce Wayne really is an act like he doesn't actually give a shit about any of this stuff as Bruce Wayne. So he's just putting up this front that like, 
yeah okay i'm i'm a billionaire playboy uh, uh sure whatever like i but you know he just he's so like when they're at the house and like uh vicky vale and uh the other reporter guy they're just talking shit about bruce wayne and his collection <laughs> and then he just comes out like all calm and cool and he you know he's so self-aware that like yeah it's you know whatever you know what give this guy a grant and uh, get yeah. more champagne i gotta go <laughs> like just so it's like <laughs> i just love that part of this bruce wayne where it's like it's clear that he's been doing this for so long that he's just kind of dialed into this character like and it is a character for him like that's not who he really is and i think that scene that you're talking about is another great example where like he's putting on this front that like yeah yeah, yeah i'm a billionaire bruce wayne so we got to eat at this fancy long table and then you realize like how impractical it is and then yeah. he realizes like oh yeah no this is dumb this is not what normal people do uh <laughs> how, how do i be normal like <laughs> <laughs> yeah and of course we get some great detective work out of him in that. And, and yeah. I think he, he's yeah. great in the suit. I mean, sure. He has a lot of stunt doubles, but what Batman doesn't um, right. in the, in the costume, but I, when it's him, I think his delivery is solid. He doesn't do anything wacky with his voice. Again, it's just like him and Pattinson do great Batman voice. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't No, They do. They absolutely do. And both of them do great uh, subtle acting too. Cause Keaton has Keaton sells faces, man. He's got, yeah. He's got faces for days under that mask where like you can you can you can see him working. You can see his emotion, even with half of his face covered. And all he's doing is looking at you and you're like, that motherfucker's communicating with his eyes. Like, you know, like you just you really do see it. Uh, and I think him and Pattinson probably do it the best um, mm -hmm. for sure out of all of them. Yeah. But again, I agree with you. Kevin Conroy is is also just phenomenal as voicing the character the only reason that i would say keaton edges him out is because i i like my batman a little more serious and since conroy is on a kid's show batman does tend to make more puns uh yeah. <laughs> than, uh, than i'm used to and and in one episode that i reviewed uh, a few months back he said the dumbest fucking batman line in the history of batman lines and it was uh, the Joker had him on stage doing a magic trick, basically in a tank, like underwater in a tank, okay. like an escapist trick. And yeah. uh, Batman manages to escape the tank and then says, okay, Joker, now it's time for a little bat magic. And I was like, no, he did not <laughs> just say it's time. <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are, George? <laughs> <laughs> Adam West, like, yeah. What are you, George Clooney? Come on, yeah. Conroy. <laughs> Fucking bat magic. Oh, oh god, he's a bat <laughs> magic woman. <laughs> oh shit, that's hilarious. I love it. I love it. All right. Um, so that's yeah. our list, everyone. We hope we have not offended yeah. you. Oh, You're I'm probably, sure we have. Well, yeah, I'm if sure we, we have. If we have, they're they're not listening for the apology, so that's <laughs> that's, yeah, that's fine. True. That's right. They they checked out when Dark Knight wasn't number one. So I think I think most people didn't even hear our Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, yeah. that's that's our time, everybody. Derek, uh, <laughs> what, what do you got? What do you got for him? Yeah, uh, guys, just keep checking out NerdBot. Um, just a ton of articles. You know, I, I have I think I have a backlog of about 50 um, 
that that will need to be released at some point this year. Um, and uh, I still have to see a bunch of movies that I know that I really want to see that are currently relevant. Um, and I, I am hoping to carve out some time to do that. But please just keep checking out NerdBot. Um, I haven't done a video review in a while. I wanted to do one for the Batman. But honestly, like with the festival season, I just have not been able to get my mind right to like actually do a script uh, and actually do video. Um, but I will bring that back at some point. So for now, just keep checking out NerdBot. Um, there, there's, you know, you'll see a new article probably every day. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just Derek's going to be writing movie reviews forever. For, forever. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Non-stop. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Until yeah, yeah. until Hogwarts Legacy releases, he's going to be doing yeah, nothing. Yeah, and then I'll turn it off. Yeah. yeah. I, I currently have like I currently have three reviews uh in drafts um and that don't even count as like actually released movies yet. Uh and they don't even they're not even checked off of the list of that 50. And then I still am planning today at some point to go to the movies. Uh, and catch up on some ones that I missed from the festival season so that I can add it to the list. So yeah, it's, I, I, there won't be a day where I don't have a movie to review. <laughs> well, I it's do exhausting hope, guys. Don't, don't be a film critic. It's, it's too I, much. I do hope we can coax you into a break. Uh, once uh, tiny Tina's wonderland releases. So maybe you and I can play some. Oh, video I know. Together. Yes. I know. A while. God, I, a I want while. that so bad. I know. I want that so bad. Yeah. So yeah. And I have a fancy new Xbox now. Like Ooh. I, it's it's perfect like that's exactly the kind of game i need <laughs> bright so, colors uh, and murder <laughs> all right everyone and of course uh you know check out the youtube channel just search jack of all nerd show on there um i've uh, still got reviews for are you afraid of the dark and batman the animated series up and uh my retrospective show uh mike's little look back so i'm gonna have a, a new one out probably in a couple months here but it's gonna be a retrospective on double dare everyone's favorite slime filled game show from the 90s on nickelodeon so you're gonna want to check that out as well um yeah so also head on over to our website jackofallnerdshow.com uh where it has links to everything there so you can uh just one-stop shopping really uh, this has been the Jack of All Nerds. We will talk at you later. Bye.